You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Force Perspectives. Um, welcome back. Welcome whenever it is that you're listening to this <laughs> to Force Perspectives uh, for part one of Ahsoka Master and Apprentice. Uh, I am your host, as always, Michael Cohen. And joining me once again for this series, uh, his return, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Greetings, exalted one from the past, <laughs> from the past. This is the thing. And, and, and I've discussed this on other podcasts, but, but podcast, mm-hmm. it, podcasts exist in liminal space, right? People use that term a lot and they use it wrong. They use it. They use it. Um, I, they use it to mean like ethereal, like, oh, this is such a, it, this is like a liminal space. You guys, it's so liminal here. And like, they think it means like, like, a, like an ethereal, like otherworldly uh, experience. That's not what that means. The things that I just said mean that, but, but liminal actually means like uh, outside of time and space. Right. So I, uh, a podcast episode is very literally a liminal space because you and I are recording this um, on August 23rd at uh, eight o'clock at night Pacific time. But um, no one's going to hear this until the AMPTP uh, gives a fair deal to the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And so like even at the point of recording this, which usually we record a podcast and then it's like, well, it'll be out in a day or two, right? It's not like we don't do these live. It's not, it's not a, it's not an instantaneous thing anyways, but at least usually we have an idea. We have a target date, right? <laughs> we have, mm, like we know, right. Oh, I'm going to put this out tonight after we record this. Nope. With this one, um, it's just happening. It's happening now. Um, and and I think I think importantly, like you and I want to react to this show. It's a big deal. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars Rebels fan. It's my favorite piece of Star Wars. Uh, so I didn't know that. I yeah. mean, I knew you like Rebels. I did not know it was your yeah. favorite Wars. Well, star. like Kanan is my number two character, right? Like nobody will ever okay. surpass Obi Wan Kenobi because he's Obi Wan Kenobi, right? But Kanan Jarrus like shot up past everybody else to become number two, right? Like wow. beating out Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, everybody, right? Rebels also put Darth Maul into the number five spot. Making Ooh. him like, 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 cause before that, like before Clone Wars, like the final season and, and, uh, and, and Star Wars Rebels, Darth Maul was a character that I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And even in Clone Wars in, in earlier Clone Wars, I was like, he's good. Like, I, like, I like him. He's like, he's a, he's a good villain, but Sam Witwer's performance, especially in season seven of Clone Wars, yeah. like managed to bring that up. But yeah. like, but, but like that moment with Obi-Wan in, the final season of star Wars rebels 
uh, or final season or season three? Season three. In season three of, of Star Wars Rebels. It was season three. Yeah, yeah. it like, um, yeah, I mean, like that's like I talk about it all the time. That is my favorite lightsaber duel in all of Star Wars because it it's it's three strikes, but it's I. Uh, but it's the it's the 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 thousands the millions of permutations of that battle that don't happen that are the most interesting to me right but so star wars rebels contains it like it's got that it's got i hated thrawn i hated thrawn as a character like <laughs> like actively physically reviled the character from the 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 timothy zahn books like i cannot stand those books i know that that's an unpopular opinion and i'm probably wrong for thinking it, but he is one of those characters. I hate the trope of this character is a master strategist. Therefore they know what the other characters are going to do because the author is telling them, right? Like, like by Mm. virtue of the fact that they're right, like the author knows what's going to happen. So Thrawn knows what's going to happen. And that, and then, and in, in, I've talked, I've said this a million times in the first book, it's like, when we're introduced uh, cleverly, I mean, like, I think this works for most people. It just doesn't work for me. Cleverly, Peleon, who is one of my favorite EU characters, he is my favorite EU character, um, like Legends canon character. I, I, he, he introduces that, like, he introduces Thrawn in that scene of them, like, playing chess, basically, right? Like, they, like, mm. they have this interaction, and he's saying, like, he's telling us the audience he's always five steps ahead of me. Like I've never been able to, beat him. but the, un- like the thing that bothers me is that like, that's it from there on out. That's all the explanation we ever get. Thrawn is a master strategist. You guys, he looks at art and then he knows what everybody's going to do. And it's like, he looks at your culture and then he knows what you're going to do. Oh, so he's a super racist. Is that I'm oh, okay. All right. So he's, I mean, they are bad guys. Yeah, no, for sure. But like, but like, I didn't realize that hyper prejudice was a superpower. Right. Um, But anyways, like, like I just, I hated that character. And then, um, and then the writing of that character in star Wars rebels was like, Oh no, look at this. Like, look, look, (laughs) okay. Yes. It's a contrivance. The Calicori didn't exist prior to this storyline, but then like they wrote it so that it's like, there's an actual thing that he looks at that he can go like, well, I can look at this. And if I know what I'm looking at, I can study your entire family line and know what type of a person you are based on how you were raised. I also know who Cham Syndulla is. So I know a lot based on that. And I also know a lot based on this. And then he like actually says things like he actually lays out how he knows what Hera is going to do before she does mm. it. Like how he's able to, and since she's the leader of Phoenix squadron, it's like they're, they're screwed because he's got her number. Right. And it was like, See, like, that's how you write that character. That's how you write that character. And then Timothy's on because I, 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 they've brought back this character and made him canon again. Timothy's on gets to write more novels about him. And one of them you would think would be rad because you're like, well, it takes place in Imperial era like in like in in the rebellion era and it also takes place during the clone wars and anakin and vader and thrawn are in like both storylines and this is how they interact and everything and you're like that sounds like a great idea and then you read it and you're like this is the most like melba toast dry story i've ever read in my entire life and it's (laughs) like it just like like the only good thing in there is the moment when thrawn is like well, I know that you're Anakin Skywalker because 
I like I know Anakin Skywalker and you are showing me that you're Anakin Skywalker, right? Like there's a there's a good moment in there, but like the rest of that story is just like, oh my god, shoot me, I'm not finishing this book. Um but I mean like oh, to be fair, that is most Star Wars really novels. <laughs> that, that's most Star Wars novels these days. Most of them are so like like they all get to the third act and in the third act they're like, and then action starts happening and you're like, really? And they're like, yeah, let me describe action to you. And you're like, I, this is not working for me. Um, and then they shot a blaster and then more blasters got shot and then they hid behind some crates. Um, yeah, that's cool. You know, and then a lightsaber happens. Um, Star Wars novels are silly. Um, anyways, <laughs> Ahsoka is what we're here to talk about. Uh, and it is a big deal because Star Wars Rebels is a big deal for me. Um, and I know that the character of Ahsoka is a big deal for you. Um, mm-hmm. I, and you, you have, you have connection. I mean, like, I think we both do by virtue of the clone wars, right? Like we are, yeah, of course. I, I think in the, in the sweet spot of, of, you know, uh, clone wars fandom, um, not, I would like, like the great thing about it is that like, we're prequel kids. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. I, it, 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 it hits us with that nostalgia, but it also like, like we are of the age where like, um, I'll speak for you a little bit. Cause I, th- cause I think, I think that I can in this instance. Um, <laughs> I think that both of us like went to the Phantom Menace and we're like, this is awesome. And it wasn't until everybody else on the internet told us that it was dumb that we were like, maybe there's some problems with this movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And same with attack of the clones. And then maybe a little bit less with revenge of the Sith, because you know, you're getting older and you're learning more about film critique and you're like, mm, there's a lot happening in this movie, but really no explanation for any of it, but it's pretty cool. Um, and then they fight for 30 minutes at the end and you're like, I guess that's neat. Um, I guess that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. Um, Revenge of the Sith is a great movie in spite of itself. That's the problem with that one. Um, but uh, but then the Clone Wars happens in 2008. And I... Uh, I goes like, hey, you know, like all those problems with the prequels, especially like with with Revenge of the Sith being like being like, hey, we're going to fast forward to the good part and skip all of the important things that happen. And, you know, all the character development and the reason why Anakin makes the choices that he makes. Yeah, here it is. And um, it's going to be a rocky road because like the first two seasons are kind of hit and miss. And then in season three, halfway through, we're really going to find our stride. And then you're going to get two more great, incredible seasons, Um, heartbreaking stuff, incredible stories, some of the best Star Wars that's ever been made. And then we're going to get canceled. Um, But that's okay because like we were still working on stuff and we're going to release it anyways on Netflix. And then uh, (laughs) that's the end of the series. Except, psych, it's not the end of the series. After Star Wars Rebels is completed, we're going to put out one more season. Um, I mean, like, after Rebels and Resistance were finished, right? Clone Wars Clone Wars came out after season two of Resistance completed, I think. Is that the timeline? I don't remember. <coughs> Excuse Man, me, I do did... not remember. Well, okay, um, yeah, no, it, yeah, because Resistance would have been finished in 2020. So in... when did Resistance finish? Resistance would have finished at the beginning of 2020, right? Because season two, because okay. season two happens after, um, uh, the last Jedi, right? So like, like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Because season two, cause season two is like where it's like, um, 
it's actually like happening like the first bit of season two is happening concurrently with the last jedi right mm-hmm. like it's uh uh yeah um anyways uh yeah and then season seven happens and it is one of the best seasons of television ever made as far as i'm concerned because they were like we can't do all of these stories but we have to do the best ones uh and (laughs) and and so i mean like the the martez sister stuff is maybe a little bit but it's important because it sets up other stuff but whatever um but like siege of mandalore is is i mean siege of mandalore is the best star wars movie in some respects like it's just like it's definitely the best prequel (laughs) it's the best of the prequel films if you cut that thing into a movie it is the best prequel film um but siege of mandalore and 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 everything else that's happened with ahsoka is what gives anakin's choices in revenge of the sith weight right like it Mm. it um that movie tried to rely on the stuff with Padme as enough motivation that he has this like quick 180 turn and becomes a bad guy. But it was really, um, it was really all the Padawan lost stuff, uh, in, in like, uh, you know, season five of Clone Wars, um, that, that really like, <laughs> like, uh, gives us the, a good reason for Anakin's turn. Right. Um, and then siege of Mandalore just makes it heartbreaking because you're like these two, like, Oh, like, like this can be reconciled. Maybe she'll come back to the order. Maybe things will be all right. And then, mm-hmm. and then order 66 happens and everything goes to hell. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, it, like clone wars, made star Wars what it is now. Um, we wouldn't have Mandalorian. We wouldn't have, uh, 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 which by virtue of that, I don't think we would have ended up getting Obi-Wan Kenobi in the way that we got it. Like namely like Deborah Chow directing that series. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and we wouldn't have Andor like, like you guys, like people can act like, like Andor would have been a thing, but I don't think that Andor would have been a thing if the Mandalorian wasn't a massive success. And the Mandalorian is a massive success because of Dave Filoni. John Favreau couldn't have done that by himself. Um, I, 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 yeah, I like, I, I, I think that like, uh, John is a really great storyteller, but is way too loose with star Wars right? Like way too loose with it. Like, well, and then the, and, and like, if not for Dave, like being there to sort of go like, well, okay, but before you do that, let me just tell you that there's a whole history here. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, okay. So we'll put that in the story then. Right. But you can see it. You can see it in the behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm not, this isn't yeah. one of those like Dave Filoni is, he should replace Kathleen Kennedy. You guys. Um, it's not one of those types of rants. It's like, literally they have a, they have a, they have a perfect dynamic. I think the two of them. Um, they just need to make sure that there are other people in the, in the writer's room like they did in season three. And Rick Famuyu was like, maybe we should put some story structure in here. You guys, maybe, maybe, maybe this should, <laughs> maybe this should build to something. Um, and then there should be a payoff to that build and it shouldn't just, um, the season shouldn't just end, uh, <laughs> on, like on a weird note where you're like, I guess that's the end of the season. Um, yeah, so it's like like I, that that to me is like that sort of perfect thing, but I I yeah, all of that is to say that like now here we are with Ahsoka, um, which is Star Wars Rebels live action. That's all. Like yeah. it, absolutely, Basically. these first two episodes 
Like they are episodes of Star Wars Rebels. They just happen to be in live action and it's now like like it's a time jump. This is literally picking up. This is the story, which like years ago, it, this was going to be animated like that. Like, like, I mean, like we heard that it was in production, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I remember hearing an Ahsoka animated show was in the works. Yeah. Like often, frequently. Yeah. From from people I trust. Yeah, this is not yeah, usually th- right. Yeah, this is not, not just like, like, a, oh, like my uncle works at Lucas. Like, no, people yeah. who I know usually know what they're talking about. Yeah, totally. So we're saying that. Um, yeah, and and I and I do I believe that 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 was the case, and they were probably in pre-production. We'll probably learn this stuff uh, at some point. That like, well, yeah, it was going to be an animated thing, but then it was like we've got Rosario now, and so let's do it. Let's go. Right. Um, mm. so, uh, yeah, it, 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 it just, it just absolutely is that. And, um, and I couldn't be happier with it. Um, like my overall impression of the first two episodes, I got to see them early. Uh, Lucasfilm sent me screeners. Um, so I got to see them like that Thursday when everybody was at those events, I got to sit at home and watch them. Um, but uh, those the events that, by the way, by the way, were a little bit of a sneaky way of getting around the fact that they couldn't do a Hollywood premiere. Um, let's be super. <laughs> let's be super clear about what that was, and that they basically like like. Let's also look at the people who were invited. We got invited, and why did we get invited? Um, we got invited because they basically couldn't invite any of the influencers. They couldn't invite any of like the 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 A and B tier. Uh, podcasters uh, that they usually invite to these sorts of things um, because everybody was like, well, we're successful and we don't want to be seen (laughs) crossing a picket line essentially. So they sent it out to just like general, general fans and well, not general fans because it wasn't like a wide thing, but they sent it out to some of like the, the smaller uh, outlets and, uh, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, uh, goofballs like us so we got invited mm-hmm. which which was nice and it would have been nice if we if we could have taken more advantage of that just by virtue of, like just like listen if you get an invitation to go to lucasfilm in san francisco th- like you should take it you should take it right i you know and then you can and then you can choose how best to uh i you know n- take advantage of that opportunity while also not you know i i exploit the fact that we're in the middle of a you know historical strike uh labor strike that's uh that requires our support um anyways it's a, like it's all a complicated thing we have been talking behind the scenes uh ceaselessly ad nauseum i think are, are good ways of, of referring to it i'm trying to figure out exactly what we're gonna do that's that's why you guys are listening to this episode um i'm gonna assume months from now I'm going to assume months from now, because I think it's going to take a little bit for these studios yeah. to realize just how bad of a situation that they've put themselves in. Um, I think that they think that they can keep going for a while. But uh, uh, yeah, it'll be like October, November, at least. At least. I, if, if it I doesn't hope. drag on. I hope it's that soon. Twenty twenty. genuinely do. Yeah. Oh, dude, like just selfishly, I want it to because I just don't want to have to deal with this anymore. Um, But uh, but more importantly, I I mean, I tweeted today. I I, it's very frustrating that I can't just like blabber about 
the space wizard show but uh <laughs> but my personal comfort is not more important than the livelihoods of the people in the wga and sag aftra right which is like mm-hmm. what's at stake here is not it's not i said this on perfect 10 and i'll say it here i this is not about movie stars or I mean, I guess when you're listening to this, it was not about movie stars. That's the positive thing is that if you're listening to this, it means that they made a deal. Everything's every well. Yeah, it's probably not great, but it's good enough that everybody decided that they get back to work. Um, And Mm. so that's a positive. That's a win. But um, I yeah, like like we're talking about talking about the ham and eggers, man. We're talking about regular everyday folks that um that just want to have health insurance for their family uh and and want to get unreasonable yeah want to get paid like because people will be like well if they want to get that then they should work more and it's like well no you're talking about people who are working probably 60 to 80 hour weeks sometimes on these productions they are overworked and they are underpaid because the caps that they need to hit in order to get their insurance um uh, they can't like they're not meeting them because they work they'll work like 80 hours a week for three months right and then be off for like four right like waiting mm. for the next project and so like these these gaps and stuff create problems where like within a, a calendar year they're not hitting these these um these benchmarks in order to qualify for insurance and that like these like the reason why is because the studios don't want to pay them. Right. So um, anyways, we don't need to get into all of that. It's it, it, as I said, it is theoretically resolved at the point that you're listening to this. So Um, I, I hope so, man. I hope it's, I hope it's quick. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope so. I hope that this, like, I hope these are out before the series is done. Like I hope that like the last couple episodes we can do, you know, um, uh, release, oh, awesome. release on time, but, um, yeah, that'd be cool. but if not, there are, you're listening to this and there are eight episodes of Ahsoka that have just dropped all at once. You just, <laughs> all at once. All of them. um, <laughs> you should just, <laughs> you just put them together. So it's like 18 <laughs> hours of one episode, the whole but, series. Yeah. Um, I, that's what the saga continues. will ju- do just like for their first episode, talking about episode more like part one and two of this because those guys don't know when to stop um put out like four hour episodes it's ridiculous um okay let's get into it like like like, let's get into it proper joe i've talked a lot already so um (laughs) you have doesn't sound like you what um what did you think of of these first two episodes of ahsoka all right i have no idea if this is a hot take or not (laughs) i never really use twitter I've not been checking anything on Reddit. Reddit is kind of where I usually end up uh, reading into like fandom opinions and stuff like that. So I'm usually a Reddit guy. I have no idea if anybody agrees with me. I don't know if this is popular or not. I think it's great. I thought it was very slow. Um, It felt to me like these first two episodes, as much as I loved these first two episodes, they felt to me like, well, a lot of people are too cool for school with watching animated shows, so they don't know who a lot of these characters are. So we just kind of have to show you who they are first before we actually get into the show. Because, mm-hmm. like, I kept, like, I don't know. Everything was very well choreographed. I, I keep, in, in my head, I keep comparing it to Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I did not yeah. enjoy Book of Boba Fett overall. 
Yeah. I was not a fan of that show. I am a fan of this show. And so far, I would say the uh, these two episodes are already better than anything, in my opinion, from Book of Boba Fett. So that's let me just clarify that I am on this show's side first. Um, but with that said, everything for me in these first two episodes felt very low stakes, which I get it. Got to start somewhere and then build somewhere. But the more I thought about it, I'm wondering if if I started with episode three next week and did not watch these first two episodes, I don't think I would have had any trouble following along what's going on. Hmm. Because really all we establish is that, okay, who Hera, Sabine, and Ahsoka are, which we kind of already knew who Ahsoka was from Mandalorian. If we're, again, if we're just looking at the live action stuff. We already know who Ahsoka is. Yeah. Um, none of the action was very high stakes for someone who has seen these characters. We know Sabine's not going to die, even though it's from a stab wound. Yeah. We know yeah. she's not dead in the first episode. We know um, five droids are not going to kill Ahsoka. She's going to be fine when this fight is over. Like, the, the two-minute fight with Marek, who I guess is an Inquisitor, because he has an Inquisitor lightsaber, but, like, no one really acknowledged. He was just kind of, <laughs> like, there. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it for me, these two episodes were more about let's catch up the other guys first so that everybody's kind of on a more equal playing field, and then we'll launch into the fun adventure. Because I, I just... I don't, I wasn't excited at any point. Like, I was excited to see, oh, cool, Lothal in live action. But someone, again, like, who's never seen, like, the animated stuff is going to be like, okay, this is a planet. All right. So I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I'm, how I should feel about this. As much as I enjoyed, music was amazing. I love the score. Um, all of the actresses, and actors are killing it as the characters that they're depicting. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, I feel like I'm complaining, but I'm not. It's just like, okay, this, these two episodes weren't for me. Stop sulking. Next week. It's going to get awesome. Like that's, that's where my head is right now. And it just took like 10 minutes to, to articulate that. But that's, that's basically where I'm at right now. But that's not to say that there weren't things that, uh, like I don't feel are worth loving. Like there's a lot of amazing, awesome stuff that happened. Um, but none of it I felt made for a very exciting story or, or, or a very exciting starting point to this story. Cause I feel like, like I said, so those characters that we already knew, uh, like cool, nothing, everything was played just how those characters would, would do stuff. Um, really the only tidbit to me that felt like new was, oh, okay, well, Sabine practiced under Ahsoka and it didn't go well. But like, we didn't see that in these two episodes. Yeah. So it was more just like, well, that could have just been a throwaway line in whatever the next episode is. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It just felt like nothing of real consequence happened in these first few episodes. We could have started with episode three Hera, Ahsoka, Chopper, and Sabine are together. 
they're chasing, you know, there was an opening crawl, <laughs> like make that the opening crawl. Oh, we're working together. They're trying, they're chasing down these two randos who, uh, for some reason have a map on how to get to where, for some reason, someone knows how to get there, even though it was through hyperspace at the end of Rebels. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling and not articulating myself very well. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to cut it there because I'm sure you have about a million rebuttals to like everything. So, yeah, go for it, man. Take um, it away. How, how do you feel? I don't uh, I don't I don't think that I had the same issues with the pacing that you did. Um, mm-hmm. I actually I'll be honest, like I actually quite like the pace of the first episode. I've watched the first episode twice. I've only seen the second episode once. Um, well, let me let me ask you. Yeah. Am I am I in the minority because like I don't have my finger on the pulse right now I, of the fandom at all. Listen, these two episodes. there's a there is a there is a very predictable um, fan reaction. I I sort of like I, I pattern that happens with these shows. Um, mm. The premiere is always going to be a million people saying how great it was. It's the best thing Mm. they've ever seen. This is the best star Wars (laughs) that's ever existed. Right. That's the majority of, I can't believe they did this. Look at this screenshot. Look at these spoilers and like just people like going nuts online. It's a little bit tempered right now because of the strike thing. So you kind of have, you kind of have two conversations happening. You've got the people who are just like being effusive. And then you have the people Mm -hmm. that I would expect to have more critical takes are generally the ones that are being a little bit more quiet right now because of the strike. Right. But, but I do think that the overall temperature at the moment is very positive. Like it's very, very high. Mm -hmm. It's probably closer to how I'm (laughs) feeling about it than to how you're feeling about it. Um, Cool. But but as I said, this is a very predictable pattern to how this happens, right? Um, somewhere around f- episode four or five of this one, it varies because the series are not all the same length, right? But but with this one being an eight episode series season, um, I would say probably like four, five, six people will have some very negative things to say about the show because okay. that's when, to your point stuff will start actually happening, but it won't be the things that they thought were going to happen. So as a result, the response will be, this show's not very good. Right. (laughs) So like Obi-Wan Kenobi going into the inquisitor, like the fortress inquisitorious (laughs) and sneaking around for a whole episode and not really fighting anybody, except that it's like, for me, one of like the first emotional climaxes of the series when he like, when he becomes Obi-Wan Kenobi again, right? Like it's not, not fully, it's not until the end of it. Actually, well he does, but then at the end he transcends and he becomes something more than Obi-Wan and he becomes the legend that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. But um, like, it's like in that episode, like he very (laughs) much like emotionally transforms and that's what that episode is about right is about him becoming Mm -hmm. obi-wan again and he pulls out the lightsaber and he does real obi-wan stuff prequel obi-wan stuff that we wanted him to do which is what everybody was waiting for but then he puts a little girl in a trench coat to try and sneak her out of the base and (laughs) and nobody cares about anything else that happened in the episode certainly not like subtextual nuance because because snow speeders what and uh, 
how come the, the nobody saw her in the trench coat, you guys? Because it's a Star War, you guys. It's a Star War. You remember the beginning of that episode? He puts a thing in his mouth and then he, like, just a little tiny bar in his mouth. And then he swims deep into an ocean and goes inside a castle underwater um, so that he can rescue a princess from the evil space wizards. Because um, that's the show that we're watching. And people are going to instantly forget that the second that what they think is going to happen doesn't happen around the middle of the season like when it gets a little bit subversive they're they're gonna get really really upset um so like just wait for that and then the season finale everybody will think the show is the best star wars has ever been again like it just kind of has this like parabola right of like it starts high and then it dips below to this is the worst thing that lucasfilm has ever done kathleen kennedy is a big dumb dumb poopoo head and then and then it goes back up to dave filoni is the best and he should get to make everything and it's like it's funny how they only talk about certain people when they're talking about certain things when really everybody's responsible the whole way through but that's fine um there's a larger lesson to be learned here, but uh, nobody's listening. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's guys, it's been like a decade and no one's changed their tune. It's the same thing over and over again, but whatever. Um, and then three months after the show has concluded, everyone will have come to a consensus that it was bad, that it was not good. Oh, okay. The special effects could have been better. Right. Like, oh, my God, you can totally tell that that giant space whale is not real. You guys, it looks like a special effect. You guys. Well, mm. um, it's a giant space whale, guys. Yeah, it looks it's going to look like a special effect because it's not real. And it's a television show. It's a television show. It doesn't have a four hundred million dollar budget like a Star Wars movie does. <laughs> Relax about it a little bit like just be grateful that we're getting these great stories, but nobody cares about the stories. That's the thing is that nobody cares that Obi-Wan Kenobi like t- was an untold story about Obi-Wan and Leia having an adventure that makes watching a new hope, a heartbreaking experience now, right? Like a new hope was a fun adventure before. And now when I watch a new hope, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you're your dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, my God, the one thing that he says is just like, it's going to snap me in two. And then it's like, <laughs> like Ben Kenobi where and you're like, oh, no, he, like, but he's going to die. He's going to you're not going to get to see him again. And then now Obi-Wan looks over at Luke and Leia running to the Millennium Falcon, sees the two of them together and goes, my job's done. It's not about Luke anymore. It's about the both of them. It's about the two of them. Mm-hmm. So it's about it's it's about the twins. It's a, like it just it makes all of Star Wars is better by virtue of that story existing. And that's the thing for me that like we'll look back. I will look back on Ahsoka and Ahsoka will have done something. It will have done something. I everybody's like I read I saw a, a headline for an article on Polygon that was like uh, Dave Filoni is the is the story the plot line or storyline doctor or whatever. He's going to fix the sequels the way that Clone Wars fixed the prequels. That's what he's doing with Ahsoka. <laughs> and I was like, okay, first of all, these two episodes, that's a massive stretch. That is a massive stretch. <laughs> if anything is happening with this series, them going outside of the galaxy, if anything is happening, they are setting up whatever is coming for the yeah 
uh, uh, New Jedi Order stuff. And mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, we are going to see the Vong at some point in this series. It's happening. You think so? Really? In call- Ahsoka? I'm gonna. I, I got the baseball bat and I'm pointing it at at, at, at <laughs> outfield right now. I am calling this one. Yes. A thousand percent. I don't think that we will see like, we're not going to see like a Vong capital ship and a bunch of them attacking somebody. There will be something when we get to that galaxy that heavily implies, if not directly references the Yuzan Vong. There is no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. The second that, the second that, that, that star map, shot a little beam out to a separate galaxy from their galaxy. I was like, Oh, this is about the Vong. He's, he's using air to the empire. Like he's retconning air to the empire to set up new Jedi order because Dave does stuff like that. Like this is how he does. Well, they, they were going to be in clone wars. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and like this, listen, we, we can <laughs> set this up. <clears throat> We can do an outbound flight TV series at some point, right? Maybe it's uh, animated, maybe. maybe it's live action, but you can do that, right? Because we're gonna set, we're gonna plant a bunch of seeds in this one. Like, um, yeah, it, it 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 is it is absolutely coming. Like, Mando is doing stuff for the sequels, right? It's very clear that all of the Snoke stuff, all of the Palpatine Sith secrets, cloning, blah blah blah, that's all happening in Mando. This is different. This is separate. This is a this is a this is a spin-off of that. I do think that some of these characters are going to come back into Mando. I think that now that we have Hera established that we will see her in the next season of Mandalorian. Um mm. I don't think that we will see Ahsoka, Sabine or Ezra in the Mandalorian now. I am getting the distinct vibe that like like this whole this literally changes everything for me on like what I thought the big plan was. I, like I do think that they are building towards um, like the big movie, but the big movie is going to be uh, a setup to the first order and the first order has nothing to do with, it's going to have nothing to do with Thrawn. Thra- Thrawn isn't, mm. is not like, I think that we're going to discover that like, these are things that were happening, like two s- separate Imperial remnants at the same time that the finale of Mandalorian of season three of the Mandalorian, like very, very, heavily implied that Gideon and all of this cloning stuff is separate from, from grand Moff Tarkin or grand Moff Tarkin, right. grand Admiral. <laughs> Good old Tarkin. Right. Like it's, it's a separate, no, I agree. like, like yeah, they're, I agree like they're that. at odds actually that like, like, cause the, cause the, the, the implication from Pelion was like, listen, Gideon, just wait until Thrawn comes back. He's going to shut down all of this stuff that you've been wasting time on. Right. Mm. But we know with, you know, the the foresight of having seen the sequels already that what Gideon was working on and by the way Gideon's not dead guys Gideon's not dead a Gideon oh yeah not, come on the Gideon didn't die um what Gideon has been working on with the with the the um the Sith Eternal is still happening it it has to because that's how the prequels happen right like or sorry the sequels mm. happen right so that going to another galaxy and and Thrawn being a separate thing to me is like, okay, w- like this is new Jedi Order stuff. And this is all setting up that like it'll it, this will be our explanation for <clears throat> where Ahsoka was 
during all of the the sequels it will be our explanation for where sabine and ezra were. Uh, like like it will it will be a very very good convenient reason why those characters are absent from the sequel stories when they are still around and it gives a perfect opportunity for for when ray discovers that there's a whole jedi order out there and like let's not let's not okay um I'm going to give spoilers for Jedi Survivor right now. Okay. So if you haven't played uh, Jedi yeah, Survivor it's yet. from now anyway. So. I think, yeah, I think that we're safe. I think we, that we'll be we safe. Played it. Yeah. Um, it, the, it, whatever Cal and Marin end up doing it can also play into that because we don't know the physical location of, I can't remember the name of the planet, but the planet that they go to in that one. That's yeah. Like, that like edge of the their tomorrow. sanctuary yeah, planet. Like, right. Yeah, like yeah. it, it is hidden and it is along a difficult to traverse path. Right. In the same way that Exegol was, mm. is it inside the galaxy? We don't know. Right. And could right. they e- very easily retcon that it is outside of the galaxy somehow? Like, is that what they're doing here? Cause there is very clearly a, um, there is some sort of a plot point at play here that there is a way to travel to this other galaxy that is otherwise impossible. Right. Cause traveling between mm-hmm. galaxies would take way too long. Right. Like that's the whole point about bound flight is that it's like they built a ship big enough to, to travel outside the galaxy and everybody could survive. Right. Um, mm. But that like, 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 like now they're, they're, they're giving us this thing of like, no, there's a pathway. There's a key and a path to get from here to there. Right now. How do people know that? How do the night sisters know that already? Uh, and, like, that's very interesting. Are the night sisters going to end up being connected to the Vong in some way? Very interesting. Right. Mm. Um, there's a lot of opportunities here. Right. But, but yeah, like where, wherever Ezra is, it, like it's along that path. And so could, could the path from, from uh, Kobo to that other planet, uh, could that be another one of these paths to this other galaxy? And they just didn't realize it. They just didn't know it because they were going through basically like a black hole. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the implication there is that there's some sort of a tunnel that they're traveling through. And it's like, is it shooting them across the universe into another galaxy? Um, and is that what we're going to see with this? Or, you know, is it just that the eye of Scion is, is, is because it's got seven super star destroyer hyperdrives or something. Can it, mm. can it do this? Right. Um, this ridiculousness. I love it. Listen, that the eye of Scion is like, that is Dave finally going like, I get to make a super weapon. Like I get to do a death star or a supremacy. Like this is his, this is his jam of like, of like, Oh cool. I get to build something in the star Wars mythos. That is like, this is an absurd undertaking that like, there's only one of them in the entire story unless, you know, we need to do two of them. And then, you know, we need to do a third one, but like in theory, right. Like very, these very unique, these very singular um, I uh, ships, battle stations, whatever. I uh, so yeah, the eye Did, of time uh, just quick, being like a giant hyperspace ring, a giant Jedi interceptor hyperspace ring. I love it. I love it so. Quick it's very, question. It's like mm, it's just delicious. It's exactly <laughs> what I want. It's okay. <clears throat> um, 
I don't. I I haven't seen the subtitles. Is it spelled the same way as Darth Sion from? It's oh, what was it? Uh, Kotor two. What I have seen is it's S I O N. Is that is that Darth Sion? I think I think he was S C I O N. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? I was like, oh, that'd be neat. Dumb. I guess me. I'm the only one. So yeah, especially because uh, Kyle isn't here to to defend Kotor, because we all know that Kyle is Kotor <laughs> in the entire Star Wars fandom. Um, I I hope it's not a Kotor reference because Kotor is dumb. Uh, I I don't actually feel that way. Well, like I, we did get with the HK droids, sir. We did. we did get a Kotor reference. We did. The assassin droids are HK droids. Um. I, but, but here's the thing. HK is not a reference to KOTOR. HK is a reference to Terminator because the, the HKs are, are the original, uh, they're the original military Skynet. Um, I, they're the, um, I, I think the HKs, they're, they're not the flying ones. They're the, they're the tank tread ones that we see in like the, in the, the brief future scene in the first movie, you see like that there are, there, okay. there are the, the T 800s, which are the, the humanoid ones, right? The, the, the endoskeletons. <laughs> and then there are the, the HKs, which are hunter killers. That's what that stands for. I uh, bet you, bet you didn't know that I had a, a deep wellspring of Terminator fandom knowledge, but I do it's in my brain and I can't get rid of it. And I don't want to because the Terminator franchise mm, is fantastic. Please. Um, if you've listened to the Perfect Ten episode where uh, Marty and I talked about T two, you you'll you'll hear me go on like ridiculous tangents because it's because of Sarah Connor Chronicles. It's because of the TV show. Like I love the Terminator movies. Don't get me wrong. And and when I say that, I mean I love the Terminator movies. Genesis doesn't count. And um, I I I what's the oh the terrible terrible one. Genesis no wait is Genesis the terrible one salvation doesn't count salvation's not I mean they're all continuity because of the way that they handle time travel in that show is that the, in that franchise like, but is that the Christian Bale one salvation? salvation yeah and then Genesis is the uh is the the, <laughs> the, like, the Dar- okay. Daenerys Targaryen one I I that's I that, that's ah, okay. um gotcha. I but yeah I the the great thing about Terminator is that like there you can't you can't retcon ter- Terminator Right. Like anytime you do a different version, like a different Terminator story, you've just created an alternate timeline in that one. And it's just they're all they're all part mm. of the same continuity, no matter what you do. Um, so you can't get rid of the bad ones. I, I they just you have to take it all. Um, but anyways, uh, so HK is a reference to Terminator and not to uh not not to, I mean like HK HK forty seven being called HK forty seven is a reference to Terminator. Right. As far as I know, I don't think it goes further back than that. Terminator, like James Cameron, might have been referencing. I don't know. Maybe like there's a Ray Bradbury or an Isaac Asimov sci fi story that uses HK as hunter killer like that designation. But as far as I know, it originates from Terminator. Um, and is literally like a behind the scenes thing. Like nobody ever says, nobody ever calls them out as HKs or hunter killers. Um, actually, I think maybe the term hunter killer does get used. But anyways, I, I it's been a very long time, not that long of a time. 
it's been long enough since I've watched the original Terminator that I like feel like Kyle, Kyle Reese might like say some stupid stuff. Uh, you know how those movies work, like all these movies, all these things work where somebody just says like a, a bunch of nonsense that, that the actor doesn't understand, but it's just written in the script and the writer knows right. what you're talking about. But yeah, um, like, like, you know, when Han is talking about uh, uh, traveling through hyperspace and Harrison Ford's like, none of this means anything. Uh and then, and then Oscar Isaac is like, so I'm the best pilot in the star in the galaxy. And then Harrison Ford's like, okay, sure. I, uh, whatever. And it's like, he actually is, but that's fine. Um, and then he asks Harrison Ford, like uh, Oscar Isaac asks Harrison Ford, like, how do, like, what do you, as, as the guy who like went there first, like, how do you, uh, how do you sell it? Like, how do you act? And, and then Harrison Ford was like, here's the secret it's all pretend <laughs> you just you just do stuff and then they make it look like you're in outer space uh <laughs> it's like yep okay yep fair enough uh that's great harrison ford is the best um no what are we talking about what show are we talking about is this ahsoka i don't know who would even who even know i i the funny thing is that like like Marty and I, when when we were recording for the Obi Wan stuff, we very much fell into a recap style show, even though that wasn't the original plan. It's like we're not. I'm not going to write recaps. We're not going to. But then it ended up being that like we ended up going like through scene by scene, beat by beat. Um, and and I was like, oh, I, maybe we should should we go back to that? And then like you and I are recording for like, I don't know. We've now recorded for almost an hour, and I I it's like there's no there isn't even an opportunity like there's no chance for the two of us and the way that we talk about things to ever get on track <laughs> like which is which is great because yeah. it means that we're it's never we're never off track we're like yeah, sure terminators are a bit of a tangent but it was related to a star wars thing um mm-hmm. uh yeah so it's all it's all it's all fine everything's fine um but let's get back into talking about Ahsoka, about this show. And like, I specifically want to talk about the fact that the name is a misnomer. It's, it's, it is, it is not accurate. This is not Ahsoka's show. Uh, this is very much Sabine's show. <laughs> and if like, like I guarantee you that will play out that like this show is about Sabine and it's an ensemble, right? Like we have our little crew. I, Hera, I don't think we'll be in, in much more past this next episode. I, I think that, um, I think that we'll see her in the next one. And, and, and I don't know if we'll see her past that, but uh, I, I, mm. cause I think that once Ahsoka and Sabine are like off, right? Like once they head off on their adventure, um, that I think that Hera will be staying behind as part of the new Republic. Right. Um, they're not going to go off on this adventure on the ghost is, is sort of my point. Like the ghost Hera and, and Jason will all still be there and then they'll show up in man. Where is Jason? Yeah, well, we haven't seen him yet. I, I look, we're, we are making a big assumption based on a Lego minifig that he will be in the series. I, uh, Right. I think it's a fair assumption. I do. But um but at the same time like uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um I, I, it's a it's a pretty fair assumption because the minifig changes things about the character's design, pretty significant stuff about the character's right. design that caused yeah. a whole ruckus when when uh when that like man, this is the thing. I have since Elon Musk 
I started uh, uh, throwing temper tantrums via his platform, which will go unnamed because at the point that this episode releases, who knows what it'll be called? Probably bankrupt. Probably <laughs> bankrupt. I think that's what that's what we'll refer to it as at that point because um, we're pretty close. Um, we'll see if that prediction ages like milk yeah. when this episode I, releases. But uh, because of his little his little I, I, uh, man baby fits over on that platform. Um, I've like really like, like, uh, sort of, um, just toned down my presence (laughs) on, on the internet in general, Mm -hmm. I think, because I was spending a lot of time on Twitter. And so it's like, I, if I'm not there, it's like, well, I like, what am I going to do? Go like recreate this bad habit on a new platform. That seems like destructive behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm going to do that. So I, so as a result, like I am not on, I'm not in these conversations nearly as much as I used to be. And it's, it is so much better. Oh my God. It's so much better. Like I, I, listen, we have the discord, right? Discord, uh, thunderquack.com slash discord. Join us over there. It is fantastic because like I'm in complete control of who can be in the discord. So far, I haven't had to exercise that control at all because the only people who show up to our discord are cool right like everybody's just there to like it's gonna hey, it's gonna oh, be me yeah, you're the i'm gonna be the first to yeah. go <laughs> it's gonna be Everybody's me. super chill and just wants to like share memes and uh be uh elder millennials and gen xers uh i i sort of like like late late generation gen xers i uh, and um uh and just like just like maybe try and pretend like the world's not ending um, for five minutes a day, uh, while we're on, while we're on discord. So, uh, that's where I spend most of my time, uh, which is really not even that much, but like when that whole thing happened, it was just like good riddance to all of this, just good riddance to all of it. Like <laughs> guys, it's a Lego minifig of a character that we saw for l- literally less than five seconds. Right. Like, we have like all we have to base Jason Sindula on is li- I'm fairly cer- certain literally two shots. Cause I'm pretty sure there's the shot of the two of them <laughs> and there's a one shot of him and that's it. That is it. And then we've seen like a, like a sketch, like a behind the scenes sketch on starwars.com of the character design. I, oh, really? I'm fairly I certain it's there on in like a, a like a behind the scenes rebels thing. Um, you know, like they post oh, all the cool, concept cool. art and whatever on the, on the website, um, the, the episode guides. Um, oh, I think it's there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's there. Uh, but that's it. Like, that's it. You guys, that's it. That's it. And it's a cartoon and the cartoon looks different from the, from the real thing because, um, cause it, it is a cartoon you guys. So like, I don't know if you've ever like, um, if you, there's like these pointy things and we put like, it used to be lead, but now we put graphite in them cause lead is poisonous. So we put graphite inside these sticks of wood and then we take those, those sticks and we press them against, um, what we do is we take trees and we chop them down and then we like chop them into really, really, really little bits. Like, and it's a bit smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then we put them in water and then we put all of that wet, paper shreds uh just we just lay it really flat and then we make it dry and then we take the graphite stick and then we press it against the against the 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 tree sheets and then um and then if you do it in the right way it looks like a thing it looks like a thing 
but it's not a real thing. You guys, it's not a real thing. It doesn't actually exist. It's just, it's not even like, it's basically a step above, um, closing your eyes and dreaming a thing. Okay. Like that's what it is. And we call it drawing. Um, and then, and now we make computers do it, which I can't eat. Like I explained to you what a stick with the graphite and then the paper and the, the tree sheets. Right. I explained all of that, but like computer mm, electricity, go in box, make magic. But like, I don't care. I mean, I use one every day. I'm using one right now to do this, to talk to you guys through time and space, uh, which is also ridiculous and pretend, um, listen guys, star Wars is made up and it's silly. And, um, sometimes it's not consistent and sometimes that's actually a choice. Sometimes that's on purpose. Sometimes Dave Filoni, that guy that you are all praising, sometimes he looks at star Wars and he goes, what if we did it a little bit different? What if we did it just a little bit different this time? (laughs) What if we, what if we made them look like Thunderbirds maquettes? Because, you know, it's CG. So, like, we are very limited in how we can do things. And this way, we don't have to animate hair. Unless you guys complain about it for five years straight. And then we will make their hair wiggle a little tiny bit. And then you'll all lose your minds. Because the hair on Obi-Wan wiggled a little tiny bit that one time. Uh, (laughs) And then, you know, like, I'm sick of dealing with those controversies. So, let's make a new show. What if the lightsabers were really, really thin, you guys? Well, guys, guys, shh. What if we made them super thin, like so thin that like they look like a needle of lightsaber? Would that be cool? And then he did that. And then you guys all lost your (laughs) freaking minds. And you'll notice that over the course of Star Wars Rebels, that style choice starts to disappear. And that's dumb because it was cool. It was cool when he did that because it was supposed to be inspired by Ralph McQuarrie's art. You guys let Artists be artists. Stop second guessing creative choices because you need to pretend that Star Wars is real. Please, guys, please. I know that no one in this within like the sound of my voice is are are these people because I have successfully alienated those types of Star Wars fans over the fifteen year podcasting career that I've I I insisted on having no nobody nobody wants this i'm just here because i i want it i'm the only one even my wife she hates it she hates that i've been doing this for 15 years she hates every time i do it does she really well she would rather that i'm doing something around the house or spending time with my kids or you know like (laughs) i uh yeah she's just a distraction right i mean like she hates it in the way that every wife hates like like oh you're going golfing oh you or you're bowling you're you know yeah like it's just this is just being married um but anyways i she doesn't actually hate it she just has other things she wants me to spend my time doing um and i disagree i i if i wasn't doing this i would just be using this time to play video games so the joke's on her um in any case (laughs) in any case i yeah like like yeah, Jason might look different, you guys. Um, Hera looks a little bit different. The, I mean, like, there are things that they did to make her consistent with her animated character that I actually think are bad choices, like those contact lenses. I think they make her very difficult Ooh, to pay yeah. attention to. Um, and and you'll notice that, like, from the initial trailers, they toned that down a lot. A lot. 
Because in the first trailer, like her eyes are like fluorescent teal, right? Which is which matches the yeah. character from Star Wars Rebels. It matches the the animated version. But there are things that we can do in animation that we just can't do in live action. You just can't do it. And having her eyes be brighter than the rest of her didn't work. So like they they toned that down a lot. And I think it was because of the way that people reacted online. Um, but that's also a lesson for people is like don't don't trailers are not canon okay stuff changes mm. trailers are in progress they it's it's a it's a whole thing and just relax but maybe just what i'm saying to everybody everywhere all the time is just to relax a little bit more about it because it is a it is just a star war right and like yeah it's important to us because it makes us happy but the second that you are worrying so much about the star war that it is now making you unhappy you've defeated the purpose of the star war right like you've like you've mm-hmm. negated the positive effect by just like stressing about but that's not what that character looked like in the thing that i saw before and it's like yeah sometimes they change it um sometimes <clears throat> Sometimes Ahsoka's Montrals are not going to be eight feet long when she's a five foot tall character. Uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. like that was a thing that they did in the Mortis thing. Cause it looked cool. Cause it made her look evil, made her look super evil for her Montrals to be super duper long. Right. Um, longer than Shakti's right. Like, 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 sh- like that character design was it served a purpose and like, and, and it nailed it. it. It was exactly what it was supposed to do. And then the character design in rebels served a purpose and it nailed it. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I personally think that what they're doing with the live action one is very good. I think it's very good. I, th- I also think the Montrals could be a little bit longer. Bugs me how short they are. They could be a little bit longer, but, um, but I feel like they made them a little bit longer. They, too, I though. think they definitely st- it was very short. They in were Mando. very short in her first appearance in Mando for sure. I think yeah. they changed up what they made them from. Like, I think that uh, because when she's running away from the explosion, which I'll, I want to talk about, I think there's a reference in that explosion, by the way. Um, when she's running away from that, they are like, they're going everywhere. Like they're, they are very, very um, flexible, <clears throat> which like, I did not get that, that, mm-hmm vibe in mando when she was fighting mando like in in that in that episode mm. um but uh yeah i like i'm it's fine like it's like like she's got to do certain things in this show and having these ridiculous montrals flopping around everywhere would be a detriment to the story that they want to tell so just let them tell the story that they want to mm. tell in the way that they need to tell it you know um that explosion, the when when the HK self destruct, I, uh, the explosion is a defoliator explosion, like I think that that's an intentional Clone Wars reference, right? Because if if you remember ah, the defoliator, the whole point of the defoliator was that it was like a specific type of, um, I, uh, like warhead, right? That that would like sort like the explosion was like unbelievable based on the size of the warhead which like you've got like these five mm. droids and then this explosion is 
like it like levels it looks like it's totally just obliterating the place but then we go back later and all of the structures are still perfectly standing which was the point of the defoliator right mm. the defoliator was supposed to just like wipe out organic right i'm re- i'm remembering that correctly right like like that was I think it was like so. a, this massive explosion. Yeah. That's why it's called the defoliator, right? It's like foliage, right? It's supposed to kill yeah. all of the the organic life, right? So that the separatists could then like like still get the other things, which is like I mean, like this is the thing that everybody's after been after forever in warfare. Of like that's why we have like microwave weapon technology is because it's like oh if we can make like a microwave bomb, you could drop it and it would like kill everybody, but like all of the structures would still be standing. So, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't destroy anything. It wouldn't be radioactive. Um, I like the defoliator is supposed to sort of do the same thing of like, just kill organic life. Um, which was a thing cause they had droids, right? So it was like, Oh, this is perfect. We drop it. All the droids will be fine, but all of the Jedi will be dead and all of the clones will be dead. Um, but like, I, th- I think that was supposed to be a defoliator explosion because it looks exactly like the defoliator explosion, that sort of like flat, um, almost like a pyroclastic cloud, like, like when a, like when a volcano erupts, right? Like that sort of an explosion, but like, f- but like a flat disc it just goes out in like a flat disc. Um, I don't know. I'm supposed to be the clone wars expert. So me like asking if that's true, I should know. I think I'm right. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. right. I'm pretty so sure. So right. like, I think, I it's think that was Dave specifically going, Hey, remember I'm the guy who made clone wars. Um, I, because he's like, there's a thing, then we'll use it because we have to have those characters go back to that location later. Right. Cause, cause Balin and, I mm. uh, and, and the others, like they, they go there. Um, after Ahsoka has escaped from there and it's been exploded. So, um, yeah. Let me ask yeah. you something yeah, about that one. Is he Joris Boyath or whatever from, uh, yeah, from, from, um, he, so like I had heard that speculation a while ago and I was like, Oh, that, I, I think that might be kind of neat if they have something like that. And I didn't really go for it. But then they had that moment where he's like, ah, it really sucked to kill her. There aren't that many Jedi left. And it made me think about uh, Joris's motivations from the Throne trilogy. Kind of similar. So like, but remembering that Joris, the Joris that we meet in that trilogy isn't the actual Joris, right? He's the clone. Um, Or do we meet both? Uh, no, I, I don't remember. Just, I don't. I don't think we need both. I think he was the clone, already right? the, yeah, dead. like the, the real one was already dead. Years, yeah, I'm pretty right? sure. Um, so, like, and and the cloning process made him insane, right? So he, like, he right. was he was like straight up evil because of the cloning. And it's like you can't clone a Jedi. Like that was the idea, and that was like mm. if you clone a Jedi, it drives them insane. Um, Whereas, like, you can have clones of other things, but that and they won't. But if you try and clone a force sensitive, that they, they go crazy, they become evil. It's a dark mm-hmm. side thing. Like the dark right. side takes hold of them, and they, whatever. Um, I, I I think I think that it might be sort of a there. I think that there's like an element here of that. And then I and then I think that okay. um, what's the other character's name the the girl 
Shin. Shin. I think that Shin. Shin might end up being a bit of a Mara Jade type character. Like I think that oh, I think cool. she'll end up being heroic by the end of this story. Right. That'd um, be neat. So yeah, like I, I think that they are a version of those characters, but with a completely different okay, context. Neat. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, I will cool. say like Balin instantly, instantly like a favorite character that yeah he's, the, he's pretty the look the performance just like the writing of this character everything about him is just so so top tier star wars um yeah what a what a phenomenal character we've gotten so little of him so far and yet i feel like i know this yeah. character incredibly well like he's mm. there's a lot of dooku vibes but there's also there there's a like logically there's also a lot of Qui-Gon vibes here, right? I feel mm. like like Balin is Dave's version of a dark side Qui-Gon. And I think that I think that part of that is oh, like neat. is okay. an idea of like what if Qui-Gon survived the Clone Wars? Right? Like what if what if Qui-Gon had to go through all of that, survived Order 66, how would Qui-Gon react to the, the what happens in the galaxy would he would he necessarily because Qui-Gon kind of skirts the line sometimes right like Qui-Gon is a is a, a he doesn't follow the rules he listens to the living force could that have been corrupted at some point could he become like I and, and I don't think that Qui-Gon could like I don't think that that would have been a storyline for Qui-Gon I wouldn't take him in that direction but I think that Balin as a character comes out of that thought process right it's like well Qui-Gon mm. couldn't but Balin Skull could. That's a, and who's Balin Skull? He's this guy, right? Like, because that's that's how Dave often creates characters. I think so he goes like, you know, how do you how like how was Din Djarin created? Din Djarin was like, well, what if we made Boba Fett the lead of a story? Well, we wouldn't want to do it with Boba Fett because Boba Fett has all of this history. But what if we took what we know about or what we thought was cool about Boba Fett in the eighties. And we made a new character based off of that. Right. And that's how you start with mm-hmm. Din Djarin. That's how you, that's how you start telling that story of that character is like, okay, so what were the things about him? The gear, the mystery, mysteriousness, the bounty hunter. Oh, so, okay. So he's all of those things. He's all of those things that we consider archetypal ar- archetypical Boba Fett. But then, like, as the story goes on, it's like, well, he was rescued from the Separatists by the Mandalorians, and uh, he's got this separate code, and blah, 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 right? And then you develop the character from there. So I think it's a very similar thing of, like, what if Qui-Gon X, and then it's like, well, okay, so let's take a character like Qui-Gon, let's build him out, let's do this, and then let's extrapolate. The Clone Wars happens, he survives Order 66, what happens to him? He becomes a mercenary. He survives by um, any means necessary. What does that do to a Jedi over time, right? So he says, I think, and here's, here's my thing, this is, this is why we work so well as a podcast dynamic, because it's like you just you just go, <laughs> what do you think about this? And then I just go, here we go. I uh, and then we're off to the races. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, idiot. <laughs> um, the, the moment at the beginning, I think people are misinterpreting when he says, I'm no Jedi. Right. 
which is a like it's I'm like it's it is it's a double callback, right? Because it's a callback to Ahsoka, which yeah. is a callback mm-hmm. to um, Eowyn, right? Is that the name of the character in the Lord of the Rings? You're not a Lord of the Rings nerd, are you? I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. So the, I, I mean, like, the, the, it's in the Lord of the Rings movie. Which is like, like, I, I, okay. I don't know. I think it's supposed to be that, like, the Nazgul is like, like, like. I think there's have like a touch that it's supposed to corrupt a man, and then she's like, "I'm no man," because she pulls off her helmet and she's a woman. And you're like, "Yeah, girl power!" And uh, like, I'm being a little bit silly about that, but it is awesome. It's like, yeah, girl power. Like that's a wicked scene in Return of the King. But I, I like I like the 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 um the Ahsoka line is a is a reference to that because Dave is a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. Um, and this is a reference like him saying, I'm no Jedi is a reference to Ahsoka saying it. And we have been around and around and around on this. Ahsoka says she's no Jedi, but she is a Jedi, right? Like she is even now in this series, she's like, well, I I don't know. I'm not really a Jedi, but who Yang's like, you're a Jedi though. (laughs) And Hera's like, you Jedi like it's never a straight line with you Jedi and she just like like she never corrects anybody anymore right like it's like so when Ahsoka said I'm no Jedi it was like uh, I think that it was meant as like it's a character moment it's not a statement of fact right and I think that having specifically having Balin say that in his first scene is foreshadowing for us. Like if you are reading between the lines and it is not ridiculous to say these things because Dave does this to us all the time. And this one's him. This one's his story, guys. This is not a John Favreau, Dave joint, right? Like this is like, this is a Dave story and Dave likes to mess with us. He really, really likes to plant (laughs) seeds and then go, well, if you guys were paying attention, like I can literally hear him saying it. I can picture him you know, 20 feet away and five feet up because he's on a stage sitting back in a chair with that hat and that smile on his face. Like, well, if you guys are paying attention, I think you already know the answer to that question, right? Like he, all the time <laughs> I've seen this man say this in person at least a dozen times. Okay. In, in my life, like, like I guarantee that him saying that is not, just like uh, oh they're they're not jedi and they're not sith no 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 he is a jedi he is a jedi that's why his lightsaber's not red you guys that's why it's orange which dave has also been very specific already about that like no no that's a choice this is not just like an aesthetic thing this isn't just a color timing thing it is very specific he wants kids to watch the show and be like those aren't quite red lightsabers. What does that mean? He wants them to ask the question, right? And so as adults, we're asking that question. We should be able to actually answer it, which is that like these two, they are Jedi. I will point out something about Shin's character design that I don't know if people have, have picked up on yet. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. She has a Padawan braid. Hu Yang says it. These lightsabers have been constructed in the way that I taught Jedi for 500 years, right? Mm. Balin has trained Shin in the ways of the Jedi, not as a Sith, not as an Inquisitor, 
None of this stuff. She doesn't have an Inquisitor lightsaber. She has a lightsaber that has been constructed in the same way that the Jedi did, right? Are they on a dark path? Yes. Does Yoda say, once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny? Yes. Does that mean you'll always be on the dark side? No. Forever will it dominate your destiny is something that from a certain point of view, you could read as every decision that you make from the moment that you make a decision like the, the second that you start down the dark path, right? Like that is, it is always going to be there. There are consequences to your actions, right? And it's hard to turn away from because it's seductive and it's easy and it's quick, right? Like all of those reasons. So it's very easy to become a dark sider. It's very difficult to stay on the path of the light. It's a, it's a constant struggle every day, right? And the first time you make a decision, Oh man, so delicious. This is just like, oh my God, this is, we are feasting. Star Wars is so good. I, <laughs> Luke makes a decision in Return of the Jedi. Everybody wants to talk about the decision that he makes in Return of the Jedi when he throws his lightsaber down and he says, I won't do it. I won't kill my father. You failed, right? We all want to talk about that because that's the triumphant moment, but we all ignore the first decision that he makes in that sequence of events, which is, to take his lightsaber and strike down the emperor out of hatred, out of anger, out of fear, right? That's what he does. And what happens 30, 20 years later, right? When he, in my opinion, this is the only good thing that, that um, rise of Skywalker contributes to the sequel story is that it absolutely motivates Luke's uh, actions when he, when he ignites that lightsaber over top of Ben Solo, right? It's not Ben Solo that he's reacting to. It's Palpatine, right? And he's responding to, he like, he senses the dark, the dark side in Ben. He senses the darkness. That darkness, at that time, we're going, oh, that's Snoke. It's Snoke's influence, but it's Ben's own darkness. But now we know, actually, it was Palpatine manipulating very, very heavily, right? Like, and he'd been there since mm. Ben was a child messing with him, putting him on this path, right? So when I say, like, this all ties back, once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny, Luke starts down the dark path in that moment, right? He, he, he calls the lightsaber to him, he ignites it, and he does make the stroke. He does the action. Whether or not he manages to kill the Emperor, he does from a motivational, from like an action standpoint, a moral standpoint, he crosses the line, right? He strikes down the emperor, mm -hmm. not out of, not injustice, not because this is what's right for the galaxy because Palpatine is, is a corrupt influence and he's causing all of this pain. That's not why he's doing it. It is very specifically, you're going to hurt my friends and I care about my friends, my, my possession, my friends, my attachment. And I'm going to strike you down for that reason out of, hatred, fear, anger, right? All that stuff. So that dominating his destiny forever, it comes back. That moment comes back. The, the next time that he encounters that same presence that he felt in the throne room on the Death Star, so appropriate. It's up on my desktop right now. It's one of the, the Galaxy of Adventure uh, shot from that one episode of like of, of Vader and Luke in front of Palpatine. Um, it's like, I'm like looking right at it. It's so good. I, I like that. All those emotions, those feelings that, that moment when he did go down the dark path, it comes flooding back 
and and it's instinct he says right it's it's just for the briefest moment it takes over and he ignites his lightsaber in the same way that he did in that moment um that's what to me that's what that's talking about right so like it doesn't mean that these characters will be on the path of the dark side forever it doesn't mean that they need to die for doing bad things right it's like that's not the only atonement self-sacrifice is not the only way to atone so yeah, I look at Balin and I look at Shin and I see, I don't see Sith. I see lost Jedi. And that's a very different thing, right? And I mm-hmm. see an opportunity. I see a path back to the light. That's the lesson of the original trilogy. And if Ahsoka hasn't learned that, then that's a waste. But Ahsoka has learned that. I know we know that Ahsoka has learned that because Ahsoka says stuff to Luke in Mando in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so confusing. She says stuff to Luke in the in that scene, like <laughs> that conversation. She says stuff to him that is basically she's reaffirming his choice, right? Like his choice to to save his father, right? Because that's sort of like the subtext of of some of that conversation that's going on there. As she talks about Anakin to Luke, it's like like when she's saying like, I see a lot of you and like a lot of him in you, right. There's, there's so much going on in that writing. Um, it's doing a lot of heavy lifting, but it's all subtext. And it is all like, it is her saying like, Anakin was a good man. Saving him was the right thing to do. You did the right thing. Don't mm-hmm. lose that. And she's saying it to him because Luke is kind of not on the right path. Right. But, but Ahsoka, and now we have more context because of this Sabine stuff. Ahsoka knows I can't choose it for you. I can't tell you what to do, right? I can't make you go down the the, pro- the correct path. Even if I know what it is, this is your legacy and your like these are your lessons to learn for yourself. Now, Ahsoka also is a little bit too hands-off, I think. And that's her flaw. That's her character flaw is that like because of what happened because of the fact that the Jedi order was so controlling over her at a young age and put her in positions that she should have never been put in. And she recognizes that as an adult, she is very much like, I'm not going to train Grogu. It's not my job. Not my problem. Mm. I'm not going to train Sabine. She doesn't want to be trained. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to push. Right. Like Ahsoka is very conflict averse. I think. Um, and I think a part of that is also her feeling of like, I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> right. Not even supposed to be which here, was, right? yes, you, you caught my reference, which is funny. Cause she's in the clerks. She's, <laughs> she's right. She's a character in the, the universe. I, uh, yeah. Like, like she's supposed to have been taken off the board and Ezra brings her back. Right. So I think that Ahsoka's perspective is very much, I like, like, she is looking at it as like Thrawn is a threat that I can deal with because Thrawn was also removed from the board and he needs to stay that way. Mm. Right. So as, as one of the, 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 the chess pieces on the outside of the board, she sees a chess piece trying to come back and she's like, uh, uh-uh, not on my watch. Right. Like, so she, like, she is the outside Jedi, not the inside Jedi. So it's like, like her interactions with Luke, I think she keeps very metered. And very like, like, I'm going to nudge you in the right direction, but I can't tell you what to do. You have to figure it out for yourself and it has to be your choice. It has to be your decision. <clears throat> so there's a lot of stuff like that going on there. 
And then like, and we know Luke has to make bad decisions. Luke has to make the wrong decisions. Actually, his Jedi order has to fail because it's like, that's not, that's, it's just not what destiny has in store. Right. Um, yeah, I, you know, you can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created it. Right. That's like the paraphrasing of the Einstein Mm -hmm. quote, um, that he may or may not have actually said it turns out, but, uh, anyways, I, yeah. And so like, like that's, that's Luke's big failure, right. Is that he, he thinks that he can restore the Jedi order and it's like, well, the Jedi order actually shouldn't be restored. And then he, and then he, he mislearns that lesson (laughs) and puts himself into exile and screws everything up, but he has to do all of that so that Ray can look at him and go, Okay, he did, he he actually did it wrong both ways. Like he went he, like he he actually figured out the only two ways to totally screw this up. Good job, Luke. Um I which I know that a lot of people will be mad that that's Luke Skywalker's legacy. It's not. It's like he is a he's a he is one footstep on the path of the Jedi, not the entirety of the path of the Jedi, right? Um, and Ray is the next step. So Ray will take his lessons, which his lessons are informed by the lessons of Obi-Wan and Yoda who like they screwed up way bigger than Luke did. Uh, so, and we don't like, we don't get mad at them for that because we already knew that. Whereas we think that Luke is supposed to not do that. And then he's supposed to marry Mara Jade and then Ben Sol- Ben Skywalker is supposed to be a character, but that's not canon anymore. Guys get over it. Move on. Um, or just keep reading those books and ignore the movies. Leave us alone. Uh, but it's the whole <laughs> point is that Ray will do a better job. And when she does, then Ezra and Sabine and Shin and uh, uh, the little girl from Jedi Survivor, uh, they'll all come back and Grogu, and they'll be like, "Hey, now we're a Jedi Order. Look, it's already right. we we actually already have one. It's it's we already have one." <laughs> we figured it out. We've guys. got one already. Okay. Um, and then Ray will be like, "I'm the leader now," and they'll be like, "Really? Are you sure?" And she'll be like, "Yeah," because watch this, and then she'll do something super cool. Um, because she's not Ray. Isn't a Jedi. Ray is a, a a Force God. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We had like the, the people aren't <laughs> ready for this stuff yet. They're not ready for it yet. Um, I actually think I actually think that what should happen is that Ahsoka Ahsoka is actually a force god, right? She is the embodiment of the sister. That happened in the Mortis trilogy. Mm. She carries that spirit with her. The sister died. That that essence transferred into her, which is why we see the uh the the convor uh, associated with her so often, right? Um like we saw it in Mando. I I she is the Ashla, she's the light side of the force, right? Um, I I think that that they need to tell the story in the the New Jedi Order movie. Uh, Ahsoka needs to join up with Rey, and then Ahsoka needs to die and pass that on to Rey. Like I think that that that's what needs to happen. But I but I think that in order for that story to make sense, that um the embodiment of the dark side also has to be present. And uh, that is Darth Maul. As far as we know now, right now, like that, the last, the last character to embody that was Darth Maul, which is a direct connection to the brother because 
they're both Sam Witwer, right? But that was Darth mm-hmm. Maul. He was the other side of that coin. Um, and uh, uh, we need a story that bridges Darth Maul to Ben Solo. Because Ben Solo, it like that that needs to sort of be the retcon, is that Ben Solo had that essence in him, and that's why kylo ren is a thing but then like that needs to be reconciled and needs to be all brought back into balance because it's been out of balance since anakin did what he did on on mortis and screwed everything up and like to me the only way that you can explain everything that's happened since that moment and the fact that like it's just this cycle that keeps perpetuating itself and they keep building death stars and there keeps being a first order and the sith keep coming back and all this stuff keeps happening it keeps reoccurring is because that's never been put right right like there like the father mm-hmm. is still absent in that in that trinity right and it hasn't been balanced the force hasn't actually been balanced um there's there have been things that have like created times of peace, but they're but they're like they're almost like too peaceful and then like too chaotic, too dark and then like it's 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 not it's still not in balance, right? Like it's it it, it balance doesn't mean that everything's good and nobody gets hurt ever. It balances what Luke talked about in Last Jedi, where it's like everything is, you know, like there's violence, but that violence leads to new life and all of that sort of thing, right? Circle of life stuff. Mufasa. Uh, so to me, it's like that need that storyline needs to be reconciled and that's a George storyline. So it's like, it's we'll never fix it unless that happens. Unless, unless the, 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 the Mortis gods are restored. And I don't like, it's like, like Ahsoka carrying that with her is a problem because it's actually like, it shouldn't be with her. It should be, in the world between worlds, which is where Mortis is. If we want to read between the lines, Mortis is outside of time and space and the world between worlds is outside of time and space. And it appears differently at different times for different purposes. Right. Um, But I, yeah. Anyways. Oh, is that like, is that, wait, is that your understanding or is that like, like confirmed canon that Mortis and if you listen to everything that Dave Filoni has ever said about the world between worlds, I am not going to, if you, if you, if you hunt down (laughs) every time he's ever talked about it on a panel at a convention uh, in an interview, all of that, it is my (laughs) belief that that's what he's getting at is that, is that the world between worlds appears the way it appears to Ezra in that, in those scenes, because that's how Ezra views it. Right. He doesn't understand what he's seeing and the world between worlds presents itself because the world between worlds is the force. Right. It's it is like it is what Obi-Wan talks about. It's like it's it 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 surrounds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. The world between worlds is that force. Right. Like it's it's created by it, but it also feeds it. Right. Like it's a paradox. Mm. It's not. It's not an actual place that you go to. And then it, it, this is literally what he said. It's not a bunch of doors that you can go through. And Ahsoka knows that, right? She she explains that to Ezra. Because when Ezra looks and he's like, like, I can save Kanan. She's like, no, you can't. Right? She also knows she can't go through the door that Ezra came through. She has to go back through the one that she came through. Right? 
Like that's how that's got to work. Mm. And she understands that, that it would destroy her. It's not possible. It's just not possible. And that Ezra also like, can't go through. Right. Like, I think, I think like there's a, like, like, like the idea is that there's a little bit of a loophole that he got around because he was also there. So it's like, so the world between mm. worlds, like the force is kind of like, well, you're also there. So it's like, it, he's, he's kind of there twice. It's a bit of it, like, it's a paradox. It's time travel stuff. So it's a little bit weird, but it's not time travel, really strictly speaking. Um, but you couldn't just go back into the world between worlds and then pop out somewhere else. But like Mortis, the, the most logical explanation, which I don't know why we're trying to apply logic to space magic, but the most logical explanation for the missing time or the lack thereof, because uh, they go into Mortis and no time passes essentially when they come out it's like nothing happened. Um, and, mm. and I believe we're, me- we're meant to understand that like, they don't remember what happened on Mortis. There's no, like, they don't have a conversation right. about it afterwards. It's like, it happened and it's like it, but it's like, it didn't happen. We, the audience know that it happened as observers, <clears throat> but like Obi-Wan, Anakin and Ahsoka have no recollection of Mortis. Um, <clears throat> There's a possibility that once Ahsoka enters the world between worlds and then exits it, I would say that like at that point she might have become aware because she seems very much more with it. It's a and again, like this is if we're reading between the lines on things that Dave says and he talks about Ahsoka in the way that Gandalf has talked about. Like Gandalf Gandalf dies and is reborn because he's an immortal being, right? He's an angel basically in, in, in that mythology. So he can't be killed. He can only like his energy can only be transformed into something else. He comes back as Gandalf the white. And when he comes back as Gandalf the white, he has an even greater understanding of the way things are right. He's even more wizardy than he was before. And Ahsoka, I think after what she goes through on, on Malachor, um, is it Malachor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Malachor's mm-hmm. the other one. Right. Yeah. Mal. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Whatever. You guys know which planet I'm talking about. When she fights Vader, yeah, uh, and she's and she gets pulled through that, but and then survives, and all of it. She's gone into the world between worlds. I think that when she comes out, she is ascended. She's she's ah- Ahsoka level two, right? Um. But uh, I and and the interesting thing is that when we see when we see her in in the epilogue to Rebels, we see her as Ahsoka the White, right? Like we see her in that outfit with the scepter and all yeah. of that. And then we see that scene recreated in this. She is not that character, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like it, like I, it is. It's a retcon for sure. It's a retcon because it's just like we have a story to tell, and this story is going to be a little bit different. But then I think what Dave originally intended for that character, which I, I, I do think that he was going to use Ahsoka in stories moving forward in the way that Gandalf is used in Lord of the Rings, which is that like Gandalf comes and goes from the stories at his own leisure, right? Like he just like, he shows up and then he just disappears and is like, I'm going to go do another thing. And then he comes back, right? Like, um, and there's no explanation for it because there doesn't need to be because he's a wizard, right? Like, and I think that Ahsoka is going to be the same where it's like, well, she shows up in Mandalorian for this and she shows up in that. So there's like remnants of that. But I think that because the show is Ahsoka, it's like he had to kind of 
like kind of kind of nail that down a little bit and be like, okay, we're not going to do that. So, mm. so we don't see her in that outfit. Right. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I don't know. I still think, I still think like sort of her attitude towards things, this, this aloof attitude that she has is, is a result of that sort of um, wizard like uh, experience of having died and come back. Yeah. Um, I, her her almost enlightenment yeah. but it's like it's very similar to gandalf it's almost like like it, it like there is that element of like i can't do this i but i have to tell you guys how to like that's what i'm here for is like i'm mm. like i'm here to impart the wisdom that you guys need in the moments that you need it in order to do the right things right so it's like like because if you really pay attention in lord of the rings gandalf doesn't do much right he nudges them in the right directions um but you know is often absent for for a lot of the the biggest moments um goes off and does other things right um there aren't there actually aren't that many times where he directly influences the outcome except in the places where sauron and sauron have exerted their influence right he only ever like puts Mm. things back in balance he doesn't he doesn't um make uh the i uh, oh man what's the king's name of rohan i can't man i am not a huge like i'm not the biggest lord of the rings nerd i just know the story fairly well <laughs> but he doesn't exert that influence all he does is is i mean like he 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 hits warm tongue with the with the staff or whatever right but then like he i what does he do like doesn't he like basically heals the king but then it's Aragorn who has to be the one to change his heart, right? Like in order, like to convince him to show up yeah. at the final battle, right? <clears throat> it's not Gandalf doesn't say the thing that needs to be said. It has to be the the King of Men who does that work, right? Like he leaves it to Aragorn to do that. Um, so it's like, like I like, like that's where like I'm kind of drawing that connection between Gandalf and ahsoka in that way right well what i'm saying about luke is that like it has to like luke has to be the one to establish his jedi order ahsoka can't establish a jedi order via luke right i think especially because she sees herself as having been part of the problem right like she's like no no no, no. like our time passed you're the new jedi you have to figure this out right um and she knows in the same way that I think that Qui-Gon understands when he meets Anakin, it's like, there's something that I'm supposed to do here, but it's not, but it's, but it's Anakin. It's not me. Right. Like I, I am not the one who will restore balance to the force. Anakin is the one who will restore balance to the force. Um, he's the chosen one, not me. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. We are all over the place and there's so much about the episode that we haven't talked about <laughs> and we have talked for two hours. So, um, oh I'm an hour and 45 minutes, basically. I, was there anything else about these two first episodes that you wanted to talk about? Uh, really just little things. Not, not, nothing like too <laughs> overly. Well, allow me to make mountains like out of those like, oh. for you. Um, no, <laughs> go ahead. All go right. Ahead. Uh, rock music yeah. and Star Wars. Love it. I love it. It was great. It was cute. I liked it. It's just little but, stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was a great intro. Specifically punk, right? 
like that's like specifically yeah, punk rock. cool. And and uh, and 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 femme punk rock at that, which is just like yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been making the joke that this is girl Star Wars, right? Like that. It's funny. It's Dave is the one giving it to us, but it, but it is very much girl Star Wars, um, uh, girl power Star Wars. I, I, it's maybe not as femme gaze as it could be because it is Dave telling the story, but I, but our leads are women, right? Um, Cause we've got like, we've got, Ahsoka, Sabine, Hera, Shin, uh, Morgan Elspeth, right? Like most of the, the will have Mon Mothma at some point. Um, we've seen from the trailer, right? Like most of the, the, I keep the main players that. in this story are women. And I like, and so the choice for her to be listening to punk rock, it's like, what's the most punk rock thing that Star Wars can do right now? It's tell a story almost exclusively about women. Right. Like, like what, like what, what better way? Um, and so, yeah, like her listening to that and Sabine being the vehicle for that, I think is so perfect because Sabine is, she yeah. is punk rock, right? Like that's her whole aesthetic is that mm. she's, she's a punk Mandalorian. So, um, yeah, I, so good. So fantastic. Cool. What, what, what else you got? Okay. No, 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 another one for you. Uh, Chopper and Huyang translates so well to live action. I can't wait for the Disney gallery Ahsoka behind the scenes that shows us how they how they did Huyang because he is very obviously a practical mm. effect mixed with CGI, right? Like 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 there is a mm. there is a digital character sometimes, but a lot of the time he is physically in the space. And um Mm. yeah i mean like listen here's the thing i have a love-hate relationship with david tennant i think that david tennant is fantastic when he is utilized and when he is kept in check when he's allowed to do his own thing he is obnoxious as hell and i can't stand him but as a tool in the tool set he is he can be utilized incredibly well um he is so good as scrooge mcduck in the DuckTales series. So good. Oh my God. Does he just embody the grumpiness and the, just like the, the, the wit and the, the, just everything about Scrooge. That's fantastic. He's so good as that character. Um, and there's actually a lot of that in Huyang. Huyang is a little bit more tempered. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's not a cartoon, right? So, um, but I, uh, yeah, I love what they're doing with that character and like him being like this repository of like the old Jedi order um, mm. and sort of like the last piece of it, especially, especially um, after Jedi survivor where like Vader destroys the archives, <laughs> what was left of the archives. Um, and mm. so it's like, yeah, I, there's not, there is not much left of the old Jedi but Huyang is this thing that like he is, he, 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 he taught Yoda how to build a lightsaber. And here he is in this show cracking wise with Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren and, and to a certain degree Hera as well. Um, <laughs> and then chopper. Yeah, man. In that second episode, chopper steals the show choppers, but chopper always steals the show always forever. But that's the thing about droids. Yeah. That's what Leia says. Never underestimate a droid, right? Like, like R two 
Chopper, BB-8, like this is uh, BD-1. Like this, uh, the, the. I think that that is probably the biggest thing, the biggest miss in Andor is that like I like B two emo, right? Like I like I like that that character, but um, he's not in the story enough to to really influence anything. Yeah. And and he really he does yeah. steal scenes in the ones that he's in, but all of these other droids, you know, Lola, right. In, in Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. they affect the story. And I like B2, he, he just doesn't really, he doesn't really affect the story that much. Um, he, he adds to the story, but he doesn't directly influence it with his actions. Whereas all of those other droids that I'm talking about, like they get in there, they get their hands dirty. And that's one of the things that makes them charming is they're, they're these, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they're I, like R2 is, is lassie, right? Like that's the, that's the, that's the whole thing. And then <laughs> chopper is the worst cat you've ever had. Um, and I don't know what, I don't know what BB eight is. He's, he's kind of like, I find BB eight's a little bit of a mix of the two of them. Right. He's, he's a little bit, he's mischievous in a way that R2 isn't. And he's childlike in the same way that BD one is. He's very similar to BD one in that way. But mm. then like, he's resourceful and intelligent in the way that R2 is like, he's like, he's very much the successor to R2, but um, yeah, if you don't have a good droid, you don't have a good star Wars. I don't know. To me, like that is such a, it's such an important part of it. It's such an important part of it. And yeah, who Yang, who Yang is, is our, is our, our fun droid uh, for the Ahsoka side. But when we get chopper, it's just like, oh my god, guys! It's like it's just a reminder of how great Star Wars can be. <laughs> when Chopper is like, I love it. It's like he's like, because <laughs> we all, we just have to well, we have to interpret what he says, in, in, the implication of what Hera says back to him. It's just like, it's like I didn't no, I didn't touch your stuff. It's like no, no, no yeah. one's touching your stuff, Chopper. No one cares. You're the only one that cares. And then when she's like, did you check under the thing? And then that's where it is. And he's like, I found it. <laughs> you're like no you didn't yeah Kara found it but you've okay whatever um and then yeah it's it's good it the what you said at the beginning right is that like they just like they nailed these characters um yeah. i couldn't agree more i uh, carl messaged me and he's like i don't i'm not feeling the ahsoka of it and i was like i don't know man like i can't like i'm not there with you i like i think that they absolutely have captured the essence of these characters. Now Ahsoka is in a very different place in her life in this series than she was in even star Wars rebels because of what happens to her in star Wars rebels. Right. Um, but to me, it's like organic. It makes sense to me that she is where she is. Mm -hmm. And then even more so this storyline with Sabine and the two of them having tried this thing and having failed at it, um, like it, it tells me even more about who Ahsoka is mm. at this point in her life and why she's made the decisions that she's made, why she says what she says to, to Din and Grogu in, in Mandalorian um, and what she says to Luke. Like it just, it, it all, it, it's all informed so much by this relationship that we're going to get to know more about, which I always say, yeah. it, I always say it like the best star Wars makes other star Wars better. Right. Like that's what makes a great Star Wars story. Um, And as long as you accomplish that, then 
then you've made a then you've made Star Wars, right? Like if your Star Wars exists and doesn't do anything for the rest of the wider galaxy, and I don't go and like watch this other thing and then like think about your character <laughs> or think about or like makes me think about that character in a new way or there like a different perspective, then what was the point of you telling that story? If it doesn't like honestly, if it doesn't yeah. all drive back to the original trilogy and reinforce and make those stories better, then then you're not telling a good Star Wars story. And I think that is my chief frustration with Rise of Skywalker is that is that Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. does the opposite. It actively undermines a bunch of stuff in The Last Jedi. It disregards the lessons of the original trilogy, right? Like it, it like in Ray crossing lightsabers and shooting the lightning back at Palpatine until he explodes how does that build on the lesson of Luke throwing down his lightsaber and saying, no, you won't, you won't turn me to the dark Mm. side. You failed. Right. It's like, no, like she does everything that Palpatine told her she was going to do. And then somehow, somehow it doesn't go the way that he said it was. Like he literally says in that movie, like you come, come on, come here. And then like, you kill me. And then like, Kill me, hey, kill me, and then, I, and then I'm gonna take your body, and I'm gonna be you, and then I'm gonna be super powerful. And then she does it, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, like okay. ten minutes later in the story, it happens, yeah. and it's yeah. nonsense. It's just not nonsense. It like yeah. it 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 undermines its own story, you guys. Anyways, um. The dagger is going to lead us right there. How? Well, I'm going to put it up against this thing oh, and it's going to. What? Oh, man. Don't even don't even get me started on that. Nonsense. The dagger could have been cool. Sure. Give us an ancient Sith dagger. It's a MacGuffin. It can be translated. And the, the translation is point the dagger at a thing. Enough. Right? <laughs> it yeah. should be enough. The translation is enough. That's it should have just been like the thing is here. <laughs> right. And it's like, OK, well, where's that? Um, anyways, (laughs) and then you got to write a whole book. You have to write a whole book. And this is the thing is that shadow of the Sith is a successful star Wars story. Cause what does it do? It does successfully explain. Now I didn't finish it because I couldn't be bothered because it made me mad, but uh, some people like it. They say it's good, but some people say all the star Wars is good. And I don't know. I can't trust any of them. Um, it does successfully explain that the dagger wasn't ancient, just the Sith language on it was ancient, but that Ochi had the dagger made like 10 years before the events of Rise of Skywalker. So it is reasonable to expect that the throne room would be at least close to where it was when he saw it, but it's not reasonable to expect that Ray would stand in the exact same spot where he stood when he was like, and this is where we're going to make the dagger. This is this is the picture that I'm going to take, and then you guys are going to make this dagger for me. Um, but anyways, uh, like mm-hmm. I said, I haven't actually finished that book, so I don't know exactly how that goes down. But like, yeah. And then Ray's like, I'm just going to stand in this completely nondescript place on this hill that we just happened to crash in front of. And, I was like, well, and, and, and also, I'm like, why did they crash? I don't even remember. Why did they crash on the planet instead of landing? They can't just... I've only seen that movie once. You've only know. seen Rise of Skywalker once. I wish I could say that. Yeah. I wish I could say that. But you know what? It's Kara's favorite Star Wars. 
Oh no! <laughs> and it's purely because it's purely uh. because it is like one hundred percent race story, right? There's no, mm. there are no B plots. There's no like they don't split off and do their own thing until the very end of the movie. But like ninety five percent of that movie is Ray, and she likes Ray, so she likes that movie the most, just because she likes spending time with Ray. I don't mm-hmm. fault her for it. She's also mm-hmm. seven, so like, mm-hmm. and we also haven't watched it in like a year, um, maybe more, maybe. Oh, more. Okay. But yeah, anytime we go okay. on Disney Plus, and it's like let's watch Star Wars. She's she always watches that. But I will say this: we watched the first episode of Ahsoka tonight, and at, with the the episode ends, and the amazing closing credits music the best listen all of these star wars shows have had killer music right like that is one thing that we can say for sure is that like the music in all of these shows has been like unbelievable i (laughs) this music coming from kevin kiner which is very surprising to me because like i think he's done some good stuff over the course of his career with Star Wars, but he's never really done anything that like that that like has blown me away. This is one of my new favorite pieces of Star Wars music the, over the credits. So or, wow. we're, we're, we finished the first episode and the credits are playing, and, I'm, and I asked her, "I'm like, you like it?" She's like, yeah. So you want to keep watching it? She's like, she's like, yeah, not right now, but yeah, yeah, we'll watch. And then we sit there for a second, and I'm watching these credits playing. She's watching it. She goes, "Dad." Do you remember? Do you remember Clone War? <laughs> no. And I'm Tell like, me more. I'm like the Clone Wars, and she's like, yeah, the Clone Wars. I'm like, um, yeah, you know that I podcasted about every single episode of that show, right? Like that's what that's how I started podcasting. And she was like, oh no, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know the Clone Wars. I know the Clone Wars very well. Um, she's like, cool. Can we watch that? <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, yes. if nothing yes. else, that's because that's she, the win. we've watched the movie. She's watched the movie and, and she's seen like, she's seen okay. a handful of episodes. Cause like, she definitely like when, um, when siege of Mandalore, or, like when season seven was happening, I was watching it just sort of whenever. And, um, and she watched a couple like bits and pieces of it with me, but she was too young at the time, but she's seven now. She just turned seven. Actually, like the, the yesterday, the day that the, that the show premiered, she turned seven. So I, I, we're there. I think we're there. I think we're ready. I think, I think, I think she's finally ready to to dive in. Time. Um, and so I think what she wants That's to do awesome. is she remembers the movie and she remembers that Ahsoka is closer to her age in that story. Um, oh, and we watched mm. we we watched the whole Youngling arc. I'm like, like when she expressed interest in, oh, Wars, wow, I was like, okay. let's watch this. Cause you'll like this. Um, so we watched the whole youngling arc mm-hmm. and she liked that. Um, so yeah. So if she wants to go back and she wants to watch Clone Wars, then let's go. I'm, I'm excited cool. to, to start that, that adventure with her. But, uh, yeah, that's um, rad. That's very exciting. So yeah. I mean like the star Wars doing what it's supposed to do. We watched Ahsoka cause I wanted to watch the first episode again. I wanted to watch both, but, um, but didn't end up having time. But I, I, yeah. And then it made her go like, I would like, I think I would like to go back to that. I think I would like to, to keep watching that Ahsoka stuff. Um, Unfortunately for her, there's a lot of episodes that don't have Ahsoka and 
those are some of my favorite ones. So it's going to be like, why are we watching an episode of clones? <laughs> because it's important. Listen, these, these guys, these shinies, they're going to be there. Some of them are going to be there all the way through, all the way through, but they're going to die yeah. one by one. Uh, yeah, man, the clone wars is so good. <laughs> and they're, and they're like <laughs> bad batch. Hey, you remember bad batch is a thing. Do you remember? Oh, do you remember man. that Bad Batch is a thing? Everybody <laughs> seems to forget that Bad Batch. Can I? Can I? Can I tell you something? I I think is horrible. I don't know if it's more about what was going on in my life yeah. at the time versus the quality or whatever. I don't remember where we left off. Like I don't. I remember Tech, and that was the yeah. episode before. I don't remember. You what know happened what? After That's that. the problem. Is that like they kind of did two finales, right? Because the killing killing yeah. off Tech he's not dead but i that's the last thing i remember though like i don't i literally can't then, remember anything and then that omega happens got after captured that. and they're all separated right like i uh, is o- is omega with yeah, crosshair yeah okay yeah that's what that yeah the, okay. the 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 that one scientist now has omega um and uh right okay yeah and then yeah. So where's Hunter and Wrecker? I Echo is with Rex. But Echo that was is with before. Rex. Hunter and Wrecker are somewhere else. They're, I think, like, oh my god, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh my god, right, <laughs> right. Oh my god. But but I was trying before to remember. They, I was like, I don't want to look this up. I really want to give this like a got, day or two to they, see if I can they, pull this. Tech died so that they could escape. They escaped, but then they right. got, I think they got ambushed before they could get out and they took Omega. And so Hunter and Wrecker are like, they like wake up and Omega is gone. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, we have a few more months to worry about that uh, before, before, before we have to get caught up and, and uh, podcast about it again. Um, Good stuff. Okay, I think we did it. That's a Star Wars episode. That's a Star Wars podcast. I I got oh, I got one got more question one more. for you, and it's not. It's it's it's. I'm worried it might okay. be a loaded question. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about Disney yeah. Plus finally releasing some of these shows on physical media? Yeah, I wish they weren't steel books. That's. That's is it. that it? <laughs> I I meant more in the terms of like they've just been holding on yeah. to them for so long that now season one and two of Mandalorian uh, is okay, going to so be out there and and Loki and WandaVision. Here's, right? here's, the, deal. The, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is because of the strike. That's why it's happening. Yeah. Really? And yeah. Oh. Because 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 think about it. That they need to generate revenue. This is something they've been holding mm. in their back pocket. I mean, like, I think that by Bob Iger, look, True. you can say whatever you want to say about Bob Iger and his morals and the way that he runs things. Um, he is a very, very shrewd businessman. He has been intentionally mm. holding back on these things. He He's not stupid. Mm. He knows that they can make money off of it. Right. But yeah. it was an ace card that they've got that Disney has that other yeah. platforms don't necessarily have. Right. The Disney vault has always been a thing. And and like when I say the Disney vault has always been a thing, it's a it's not that it's not the mechanical aspect of it. It is 
the methodology and the thought process behind it, which is artificial scarcity. Right. So, um, Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He's he has been aware of like, well, we can do physical media of this stuff anytime. But if we make it difficult, then we ensure we are going to sell these things. Right. So um, now they are in a position where they're like, okay, so in a few months, like we are like, there are things that are supposed to be in production right now. They are not in production right now because mm. of the strike, which means that at a certain point, there will be a, a, a drought, right? It, it happened with the, the, the last strike um, and, and like with the, with the last writer's strike. And this one's worse because we got the actor strike as well at the same time, right? So like there are a lot of things mm. that just cannot be made right now. And so that means that eight to 12 months now from now, there like we're going to hit a point where it's like there was stuff that was supposed to come out. Now, the the other thing that they did that was a response to this was that they shifted the schedule for everything, right? <clears throat> so all of a sudden things moved and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, it's just production timelines." That that was BS. That was because they knew that the strike was coming. They knew what was going what the repercussions of that mm-hmm. were going to be and they were preparing. That Bob Iger's job is not to make good TV shows or movies or theme park experiences or merchandise. That's not his job. His job is to make sure that Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4 all have things that drive revenue, right? That's his job as the CEO. Mm. And you can be mad at him for that if you want to, but that's the reality of what his job is, right? Um, Like strategically as a CEO, that's what he's supposed to do. He's very good at it. That's why they brought him back, right? Like that's why they, that's why they throw billions of dollars at him because he is very, very, very good at this stuff. Um, it's not consumer friendly all the time. Sometimes it, sometimes we get lucky and what he wants to do strategically is good for us as the consumer. And so every once in a while it feels like Bob's on our side, but Bob's never on our side. He's not even on his own side. He is on the side of the shareholders always. <laughs> That's the job of being a CEO. If you have a problem with that, then just stop consuming products made by corporate entities. But as long as you want to do that, and as long as you want these things to exist, then a CEO is a necessary evil. Like it's just, it's a, it's a part of the mechanic of it. Mm. If you, if, if you want to be a consumer, then uh, you have to have somebody running the grist mill f- for this stuff to come out for you to consume. And um, doing that well is not a matter of doing the right thing. It's not like those, th- those things actually mm. oftentimes are in conflict with one another. And I think that Disney actually does a pretty good job as a corporation of choosing the right path more often than the 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 profitable path um like i like i do think that there are a lot of initiatives at disney as a corporation that keep it on the straight and narrow morally there are also a lot of things that it does as a corporation that are to the detriment of society right like it it, like it's a it is a very large machine um and it requires human beings to fuel it so i you know people getting paid 
way less than a living living wage in order for me to go on vacation and enjoy my time at Disneyland is not okay. And every time that I interact with Disneyland and the theme parks, I have to remember that and it bums me out. Um, I really wish they would just pay those people living wages and the, the, like that wonderful person who served me at, you know, I, I, whatever, a churro, whatever, right? Like that they're living out of their car because they can't afford to drive back and forth and have a home and all of that stuff. Right. It's like that. It, it sucks that that's the way that it is. Um, but somehow we reconcile these things and we just go, mm, but the churro's worth it. I, I, <laughs> so yeah, like this is the, all of that is, is to say that like, this is absolutely a strategic move in the midst of this strike for Disney to generate revenue without creating new content. It doesn't require actors or writers, but it is a new revenue stream. So, you know, don't worry guys. Cute. I, when do they release? I don't, I don't know the release date of them. They're all sort of next year. Right? Uh, no, they're, they're Are they later this, this year. year? They're all oh, okay. later this year. Um, yeah. yeah, they're all they're 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 all going to be things that it's like. <clears throat> so we anticipate that we're going to be like this is these are things that he will say on earnings calls. It's like, well, we anticipated that there would be a slump because of the strike because we're not creating any new content, but that's why we started this initiative. We got the ball rolling early, and we've got you know so we, uh, you know we're in the process, and you know season one and two of the Mandalorian are out. And we've got season three on the way, and we'll have Ahsoka when that's ready. Give me blah 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 blah. Give me season seven of Clone Wars, you yeah. cowards. Um, well, I mean, like a new box set, right? Like, like I, I. No, no, I do not want a new box set. I just want season seven. I already have a box set um, and the and the um, lost episodes. I don't. Yeah, but you want have to a box set on Blu-ray. Box set. But you don't have yes. a box set in 4K. I don't want a box set in 4K. I, I don't need it. It already looks good in Blu-ray. Box set in 4K. Fine, you get yours, but then also give, give me, me Blu-ray the box set in 4K. Seven, and it. you know what? You that's know it. what, Disney? You know what? Are you listening? You hear me? Put Bad Batch in it too. <laughs> they don't have the guts. <laughs> they don't have they that. Don't I would have buy guts, that. I would yeah, buy no, I, because because <laughs> that Bad I would Batch buy. will be done next season, and Bad Batch is just season yeah. uh, eight, nine, and ten of Clone Wars. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like, like aesthetically, it is absolutely just the continuation of that story. It is all about the clones. Yeah. So, yeah, like a thousand percent, thousand percent. I uh, give me a, a, a Clone Wars Bad Batch box set in 4K. I'll buy it. Man, what would that be? Like 300 bucks? Sure. Uh, I'm in. I'm I would I'm do it, for it. but for it. that's the only way um, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I will probably not. I will probably not grab the individual seasons. Um, And I okay. say that knowing that there will be like a box set at some point. Right. Like, yeah. Now yeah. that they've started. Um, yeah. And, and the primary motivator for that on me, for me on that subject is steel books. I hate steel books. I hate them. They are so <laughs> prone to damage. They are priced at a completely unnecessary premium. Yeah. That's right. Stupid. They are, they are always 15 to 20 dollars more than a regular dvd box set or like blu-ray box set just because it they put it they printed it 
on aluminum. It's not, it's not that much more expensive. And, and yeah, like, like, like I said, they are so much more prone to damage. I bought, I bought one steel book. I bought one steel book that I, that like, uh, cause I have all of the Marvel movies, right? Actually, I, I stopped at no way home. I don't think I've bought anything after that, but, um, I, 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 up until that point, I was buying all of them to have the physical media, uh, mostly so that I could have the 3d versions at a certain point. Then I got rid of my 3d TV and then the motivation Mm. really wasn't there anymore. But I, I, I got black Panther steel, the steel book from Best Buy and it arrived to me absolutely obliterated (laughs) and like it was just like it was mangled beyond recognition and i was like this has never happened to me with a regular blu-ray like with a plastic Mm blu-ray um like they can get bounced around inside the box and the box shows up and it's been totally trashed but the blu-ray is fine but like like the box like the actual the actual package and the disc itself are totally fine. The, the Blu-ray itself was scratched to hell because the, the steel book had been like bent at a 45 degree angle basically. And like just massacred. What the hell? So I was like, never again. I'm never, I, a, I'm never ordering online from like a, like a piece of media, a collectible item online for Best Buy ever again. And B I'm never getting a, a steel book. Cause then like, I, what do I have in Steelbook? Because I do have something. Maybe I got rid of them. I think I got rid of them. Uh, no, my Grindhouse ones weren't Steelbook. I can't remember. I've, I I do have like a, a couple of Steelbooks because like that's the way something was released. But uh, yeah, I hate them. Because like, because they get, they get the, the edges get damaged so easily and, and like worn off. And then just, just like, it's just like mm. the distressed metal, right? Like it's like, I don't, that's not how I want my stuff to look. I like a nice, like flat, clean. I like a Blu-ray in a sleeve. Like that to me is like, give me that. That's what I want. I want, I want a Blu-ray in a paper sleeve because the paper sleeve is nice and crisp on my, on my, uh, in my, in my display. Right. I don't know, but maybe what I'll do is I'll just like, I'll just, I'll get them. And I, this is what I've been threatening to do with, with the star Wars, 4k because like they they did the 4k box set and the 4k box set sucks that packaging sucks and i don't even think you could get any more if you wanted to like it was like a limited thing but it was like like not only does it suck in terms of like it's not designed very well like visually aesthetically it's not very pleasing to look at but like well i i missed what you you're what is this 4k box the set star of? wars the saga the 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 the, the nine oh. the nine movie set all, yeah. all nine when they when they first did them in 4k that. uh when they released them in 4k okay. they they did the they did the nine movie it's like a it's that. like a 18 Sorry. disc set or whatever like it's got oh. all of the special features ever oh God. um okay it's it is like the way that they did it it's like this flat like wide box that uh, like you, yeah. you can't display it like i don't like i don't know where would you yeah, i was just gonna say where i don't would you know what this? they were thinking do even i don't know what this? they were thinking it's absolutely ridiculous but um as a designer myself i have long threatened <clears throat> to to design my own um slipcase 
version uh, like for all of them and what i want to do i i like i have it very perfectly in my brain because of the era in which i became a star wars fan which was the thx era so i want mm-hmm. to do modern versions of the thx covers i uh, and like the like the big yeah. heads with the yeah. little scenes but but yeah, but even rad. like redoing the three that were done right like because because I think okay, like cool. like the 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 choices that they made for the three that they did don't really make sense, right? Yeah, they were weird. It was it was what Vader, Yoda, and like it's a Vader, a stormtrooper, and Yoda. Like so Vader is a New Hope, stormtrooper is Empire, okay. and then oh, Yoda that's is, that's is right. Return Yoda's of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So for me, like like yeah. if I were gonna do that, it would be like Vader would be Empire, thousand percent. Um, I like if you were going to do the stormtrooper, the stormtrooper is the first one, but I would actually probably do R2 as the, as a new hope. And then, and then, um, and then return of the Jedi would be a crimson guard. Like, come on, like either that or a scout trooper. Like if, (laughs) if you wanted to, like, there is a, uh, there's an argument to be made that you could do the entire nine movies just with stormtrooper slash clone trooper helmets. Right. So it would be, it would be, um, no argument for me. Phantom Menace would be the Senate card, right? And then, sure. and then, yeah, the one. Yeah. Phase One Clone Trooper is Attack of the Clones. Phase Two Clone mm-hmm. Trooper is Revenge of the Sith. Stormtrooper is A New Hope. Snowtrooper is Empire. Scout Trooper is Jedi. First Order Stormtrooper, and then um, I, I, I. Praetorian, Praetorian? Yeah, thank you, is is Last Jedi, and then Sith Eternal uh, Stormtrooper is yeah, uh, yeah, the, that'd be uh, neat. Skywalker, right? Like, like you could do, and then and then it's just Clone Trooper Helms. But I would, I, I, I'd be a little more like, like let's kind of pick a like iconic, like, like I, like for me, it's more about going like, what are the iconic sort of imagery for each of those? So like, I. Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace would be a battle droid, would be a, a, a B one, right? Um, a, Attack of the Clones is a is a a Phase One Storm uh, Clone Trooper, um, and then I and then I would do Grievous for Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yeah, I had the and same then, and then like I said, I like I do R two because R two is the main character of A New Hope. I don't care, fight me about it. Um, <laughs> and then and then Vader, and then uh, the Crimson Guard, and then I. And then yeah, and then I would do the the first order stormtrooper probably as the um, uh, force awakens uh, a praetorian for um, for last Jedi, and then uh, although I don't maybe I don't know is there something better for last Jedi? Not really. Those guys are so iconic. I don't know. It's hard because like you but and then I would do Kylo Ren's helmet for Rise of Skywalker. That one's easy. Um, the the fractured helmet, even though it's dumb, it's like it's mm, very iconic yeah. in the movie. It is um, iconic to that film, uh, but uh, yeah, probably something like that. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I switch out that first order stormtrooper for BB-8, but I I yeah. So I would do that for the front covers, and then do the the text treatment in the way that they did it for for all of those movies, right? <clears throat> um. Mm. Uh, but not with the colors, no colors. It would just be um, like, it would all be uniform. I, I, and then the back cover would be a planet from each of them. So like the bottom, there would be like, like I would put the, the, the crawl um, 
and and then like the planet like whatever not the planet necessarily i guess because like whatever it pans down to or pans up or sideways whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah like that would be i uh, that that like if if i could do anything if i had any resource and i could just like go to lucasfilm and be like make me these assets the thing that has always stopped me is like <laughs> is just getting like high res assets for those things that i want right like for yeah. those elements right. like getting the getting the 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 helmet or character or whatever um and then the planet the planet is the one is the hardest one it's like i i would need somebody to basically yeah. like model those in 3d for me and like revenge of the sith is so hard because that's coruscant with all of the starships right like you would have to have you mm. would have to see the battle yeah because attack of the clones is also coruscant but it would be coruscant and then i would have the upside down um naboo starship the the admission oh, but it would be upside okay. down because that's how that movie starts right um mm. yeah i've put a lot of thought into this and it's just yeah clearly this was all yeah, in the chamber yeah, already so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like i would do that and 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 now i'm thinking like i could just buy the steel books for mando and just make my own box set like I'll just make my own box and slip covers and whatever. And that's easy because there's so many assets online. Like, but because of all of the concept art, it's so easy oh, to yeah. find high res yeah. concept art. Like print, not maybe not quite mm-hmm. print quality, but I could, I could spoof it. I could spoof it and get it, get it to work. Yeah. I'm good at what I do. I, I, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and modest yeah, too. Well, I'll be modest about. I'll be modest about <laughs> things that are worth being modest about, but like why would i why would i charge people money to do the job that i do if i wasn't good at it that is fair that's how i've always felt about that it's like they're they're they're, i'll be modest about podcasting i don't think that i'm the best podcaster who's ever lived even though i've been doing this longer than most of the most famous podcasters but whatever that's fine um i am not the best podcaster right (laughs) Uh, I'll be modest about that, but I also don't make any money off of this. So like, obviously I'm not the best or I'd be rich. Um, Cause there are some very, very rich podcasters. Some of them were rich before they started podcasting. And I feel like that's cheating. They were rich and mm. also famous before okay. they started podcasting. Okay. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's no, not their fault. Not. That's not. not their fault. Um, We did it. You did. You, that was, we did. You, we that did. Last do it. question was opening a can of worms, but I I was worried it would be, but I was like, we I gotta bring it up. Um, yeah, I mean, like I ranted about Bob Iger, and then I talked about my version of the DV of the Blu-ray slipcases. <laughs> yeah, uh, cool, cool. My favorite. Just on closing, my favorite uh, <clears throat> DVD set that I have is my Jurassic Park trilogy DVD set that they did in the early 2010s, I want to say, um, long before Jurassic World was going to be a thing. Um, and it is, the box is a, it's a, it's a, it's the gate. And it opens with like two ah, boxes on the cool. front of it. And then, and then the, and then the DVDs are in like little slip things, like little sort of envelopes slip things inside okay. of that. Um, 
it's not great for the DVDs because they get scratched coming in and out of those. I hate any time it's in like an envelope mm-hmm. enclosure, but because um, it's just bad for the for the DVD or Blu-ray itself. But um, but that little but that that gate is like I will never get rid of it. It's one of those things like my THX Star Wars VHS <laughs> set. Is like, I'll just never get rid of it because they these are um, pieces of design inspiration for me. They're they're artifacts that mean more than uh, they're intended purpose <laughs> right but uh yeah so stuff like that is cool but just doing a steel book is similar whatever similar to yours mine is the uh real ghostbusters full set it's just the firehouse mm. the, yeah, yeah the yeah, box yeah. is the yeah. firehouse it's like this is there's a little hologram slimer in the window like I've, i love this i have this the i have the 4k ghostbusters the movie set that they did after afterlife that's like the boss dude don't talk to me about that i'm i i got so screwed oh, really? over by that i have that one and then i have the flux yeah. capacitor uh uh 4k back to the future set um that includes mm. it is the complete back to the future set <clears throat> and this tells you how big of a nerd i am um it includes the animated series i which i have which i have watched oh before. okay it's not great not great. It's neat. It's good, but it's not great. Mm, okay. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. Star Wars is a thing, and uh, we talked about it on this episode. It is. <clears throat> and, we did. And we, we did will, touch on we it. We will be back next week to record <laughs> another episode, <clears throat> but it doesn't matter to you. Uh, I'll go ahead and apologize for both of us with this. With the flame. Joe got sick. Uh, this was recorded. Yes. This was recorded two days after <laughs> the smoke cleared from the worst fire season on record in British Columbia. Oh, so um, yeah, like the. So you have garbage yeah, in your yeah, lungs my right lungs now. Are just full of smoke. Um, okay, and I just got yeah, over so, COVID, so this is, this is perfect timing. But it doesn't matter because nobody's listening to this anyways. <laughs> like even when. Even when right. we release this, even when we release this, let me pull back the curtain. No one's gonna care. Five hundred, five hundred people. <laughs> no one's at gonna most. care at that point. Like, Who cares? You know, but. Well, we love you. We well, love yeah, each yeah, and yeah. every one of you that is listening. But right we didn't now. record this for you. Right. Yeah. Like this, this was is for this us is just gush. for us. This yeah. this is like the thing is is that Joe and I need to have these conversations regardless, or yeah. one of we us do. will <laughs> will die. Um, because, because of an ancient curse. (laughs) So, um, like we have to, I, I, and I, and so it's, it's necessary for our survival. Um, and then recording it as a podcast, is just a byproduct that you guys get to enjoy. So, yeah. Well, well, how many times have we had a conversation? We're like, we really should have just recorded this anyway. Uh, cool. Cool. Good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a whole rigmarole after this, but like support us on Patreon. That would be super cool if you did that. Um, join us on Discord. That would be even cooler is if you joined us on Discord. It would be cool if there was more people in that that community. Um, fairly small at the <clears> moment, <throat> but it is only the coolest people. So I also don't want it to like explode to thousands because it's going to be full of a bunch of losers that I don't want in my community. But um, yeah, <laughs> I am not super active on in discord communities, but I am trying to like open up a little bit more and be more 
put myself out there in the, in this one. Yeah. So I am. This is one of the few actual communities on this because normally I just use Discord to talk to my friends who I already know. <laughs> yeah. But like this is one of the few Discord communities that I try to actively. It's what I mean. It is full of genuinely good people. Uh, with yeah, it uh, is really with, nice with interesting things to say about stuff. So it's uh, yeah, it, it it it's I it of all of the things with podcasting that I have to be proud about. That's the that is the biggest one. Is that like look, our community is not huge, but uh, but it is only it only has cool people in it, and uh, and they care a lot about the things that we care about. So, um, so join us over on thunderquack.com slash discord. That'll take you to the invite and then it'll prompt you to open up discord and join us and whatever. Uh, yeah. Awesome. I, I can't plug anything cause I don't know when this episode comes out. So, um, just, yeah. Just oh boy. Thank you um, for listening to podcasts. Yeah. And Hey, go, go back and listen to our, Perfect 10, which we haven't recorded yet, but will be Final Fantasy 16. I'm curious how long ago that that came out. Because what what are we doing that? Like a week and a half from now? Yeah, probably like within the next week or so. Recording that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Awesome. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.